Hello, it's Halloween! And I suddenly realized the day before Halloween that I was probably supposed to release this! So I'm putting it together in a bit of a hurry! But um, this was a live stream that we did on the day after Halloween of 2020. That's right, we missed it by a day, so I've waited a year, and now I get to bring it out on Halloween! Yeah! You really massively care enough for me to bother doing that, don't you? Well, I've done it anyway. Um, now, you might, because this is from last year, you might notice that some things are from the past. This is the episode, not the last one, as I said in the previous intro. This is the episode where I make mention of the fact that the American election is going on and being stressful, so that sort of thing. But I don't think there's too much of that. If you are listening to these in podcast release order, um, as is likely in the future, then you may notice that we make mention of another episode that we've done that you haven't heard. That's just because... I wanted to get this out on Halloween. Yes, there was one more episode that, uh, in between the last one you've heard and this one. That's going to come out soon, so don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. There we go. It's a shambles, isn't it? I enjoy. Welcome to a special spooky Halloween Ooh. 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 Yes, it's, it, Ooh. and I don't think it's... I think oh, it's serious business. And I think Halloween was yesterday in real life, wasn't it? It was literally yesterday. Yeah. But that's when I watched the spooky film, so it still counts. Yes. I didn't watch it yesterday. I watched it this morning. Right. Um, I, I was going to do that, but I, I knew I wouldn't have time. And I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did, and I did. Right. So, we, as you may know, well, I mean, you literally will definitely know. Yeah. We are joining you today on this, I was going to say this, the day after the spookiest of all days. <laughs> actually just a completely normal day because it's day. not like it's not like the spookiness actually carries over in any particular way it's not like it's not like there's a boxing day of halloween it's no. just a normal day the day no. after halloween although america's doing a good go of coming up with one isn't it well yeah let's not get into that <laughs> um, so yes on today this average sunday morning we are coming here to talk to it's you about about Hocus Pocus! Hocus Pocus! Hocus Pocus! It's, you know, it's only podcasts that go, and I've heard this in a lot of podcasts, you know, we're, we're, today we're going to be talking about, and then they add, oh, well, everyone knows because you've read the title of the uh, of the episode. I'm, yeah. I, I'm unclear as to why films still insist on putting the film's title up a few minutes into the film. It's like, everyone knows. Everyone who's watching the film knows what it's called. <laughs> in that case... This film did it. It's more of a... That's like putting the title on the cover of a book or something, isn't it? It's nope. like No, it isn't. Yeah. Nope. The, in the equivalent would be putting the title on, like, when you ask what film you want to go and see at the box office of the cinema, or yeah. when you select what film you want to watch on your digital media. Those, or on the box of the DVD yeah. or Blu-ray. Those are the equivalent of putting the title on the cover. But the, the, this is the equivalent of three chapters into the book, it just prints the name of the book again. I don't know why they do well, it. I I like it. I like I do, I like it, it actually. Yeah. I, I've always gotten a kick out of it yeah. whenever the title of the film appears. It's and all I don't, worth it. I don't like that generally speaking these days that's after the film's finished. Oh right, right, right. I don't like that. Right. I don't like that as a trend. I prefer the moment of catharsis of knowing ah the t hocus pocus has appeared on the screen. Yeah. That means I'm officially watching Hocus right. Pocus. So now. yeah. It's all the Lion King's fault, isn't it? 
It is all the Lion King, as with so many things, <laughs> all the Lion King's fault. Yeah, it so, is. This, it's anyway. all worth it for the moment in the uh, in the Power Rangers reboot movie where in the middle of the soon-to-be Red Ranger crashing a truck because he tried to steal a cow or something, the screen yeah. just goes black and it, it incidentally says Power Rangers in the corner and then yeah. carries on. That's, what, that's <laughs> pro- probably the best title reveal in all of cinema. <laughs> I'm not yeah, even making fun. Really they really small. Yeah. yeah, and they meant it to be like that. It's not. It's yeah. a joke they successfully pulled off. I'm not making fun. You should watch the Power yeah. Rangers reboot, folks. It's quite good. Yeah, yeah, it, it is in fact quite good. Yeah, and this is in fact not the fir- the last time in this podcast that I will be mentioning either Power Rangers Sweet. or the Power Rangers film. Sweet. Oh, I managed <laughs> to preempt that and set up a callback. <laughs> Great. Hocus pocus. Hocus pocus. So. We thought we would talk about this a little bit because, yes. well, you know, it, it's good to have a Halloween. Mm. Um, and we've already done and... Boogity, so what are we going to do? We've already done Boogity. Nightmare Before Christmas lives in that weird twilight zone between two holidays where I'm never sure whether it's a Halloween or a Christmas movie. No, it's definitely I, both. I think on balance it's a Christmas movie. Because, I mean, Halloween yeah. is like just finishing at the beginning of that film. I think um, that the ideal uh, window of time for that movie is for it to be, and I bet it was, launched at Halloween and run until Christmas. And yeah. then you can just watch it whenever you want in between those two times. Yes, that's true. But anyway, we anyway. Didn't, we're not talking about that. No. We're talking about what has become Disney's kind of, I think, other most preeminent mm. Halloween movie. Yeah. Um, weirdly, yeah. in a way. Yeah. Because it, I, so the, the odd thing is, this is something I want to put on the table, um, which is that I'm not a, a fan of this film from when it came out. This isn't one no. that I watched from in, Me neither. as a child. And I always sort of thought retrospectively that that might be because I just aged out of that sort of thing. But apparently it came out in 1993, which is really yeah. what I consider to be my peak childhood year where i was engaging the most with children's media uh in an active way rather than just a you know i'm a child therefore someone sits me down in front of postman patway uh, i don't yeah. know why i never watched hocus pocus or cared about it um no me neither it, it, it it's right in the zone isn't it yeah like, when it came yeah like this is like between aladdin and the lion king like there's yeah. there was no primer time for my Disney fandom. Yeah, it was. Or yours, really. No, it was, in fact, I mean, exactly the same time Nightmare Before Christmas came out. And, like, I watched that. (laughs) Yeah, same. I watched that. Maybe that that was the choice. Maybe we chose between the two Halloween films Disney were offering. Well, I mean, the other thing is that Hocus Pocus was not a success when it was released. Really? In 1993. So it's had a resurgence. Absolutely, it's had a resurgence. It's it when it was released in '93, it was kind of a flop oh. uh, that no one particularly went to see. Uh, how much did it? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, placed fourth in its opening weekend, dropped out of the top ten after two weeks of release. Uh-huh. Um, was released on the same day as Free Willy, which was obviously much bigger than oh, it. Oh, that might explain and it. Wasn't very well reviewed. Well, and no. Every, everyone was just generally like, 
Nah. Well, this is the thing. All, all of everything you've just told me is absolutely no surprise. Like, based on the film I've watched, that's no surprise. But based on its reputation as a film that people seem to like on the internet, it is a surprise. Yeah, because yeah, it's one that, like, in the years since, through a combination of, like, home video, uh-huh. uh, strategically placed airings on the Disney Channel at seasonally re- seasonally relevant times, yeah. etc. It's like, it just seems to have developed this weird momentum. Mm. Uh, like, you know, DVD sales since then have been really good. Um, over the years, I'm now reading from Wikipedia, over the years, through various outlets such as strong DVD sales and annual record-breaking showings, on Freeform's 13 Nights of Halloween, the film has achieved cult status. Um, yeah, uh, on its 25th anniversary year in 2018, the first week of Hocus Pocus viewing on Freeform averaged 8.2 million viewers. Uh, just this year, like in the middle of all of these strange pandemic times where, you know, there are no actual films in the cinema, you know, there's been a lot of like re releases of older movies to kind of like give the cinemas something to show and hocus pocus has been one of the most popular uh you know like one of the highest grossing re-releases to be to be re-released this year so like yeah it's it's a hundred percent a thing now yeah um in a way that uh, definitely wasn't when it came out when it came out it was just like uh they you know they just they just released. They made a weird, bad film starring Bette Midler. Yeah. Um, that was kind of stupid and very throwaway, and no one really liked it. And right. No one will be talking about that again. And <laughs> here we are. <laughs> okay. I am sorry. I'm now very intrigued. Yeah. By this comment in the chat. That What's that? Asking you. Whether you know there's a disembodied, whether you know that there's a disembodied hand floating around you, that's very interesting. I do know all about the disembodied hand. Yes, um, that is a disembodied hand that was conjured up yesterday uh, while I was watching this film because it's a very spooky film and it just caused a disembodied hand to be conjured. It's just something I, I'm coming to terms with it. I'm living with it, and um, you know, it's 2020. What am I going to do? I can't remember, yeah. because I don't want to go and see the doctor for anything that's not an immediate emergency. And no, so I far, suppose, yeah. All it's doing is tickling me in interesting places. Um, <laughs> from in a way, it's a bonus. <laughs> yeah, it's a hocus pocus bonus. Do, I don't it's know. It's hocus pocus you... bonus. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, this is a film that completely... I don't know what that person is on about. I don't I, know if they're making a, oh, a Halloween God. joke or if there's a glitch on the screen. I can't see one on the stream, so I don't know what that's talking about. No. If... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I also don't know, but we'll push on. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you're already uh, sort of uh, sad about the comments that we've already been making <laughs> about this film, because you might be one of the people who think that it's really, really great, then um, the podcast for you is the recent Halloween special of a podcast called Return to Erie, Indiana, in which three people just gush endlessly about how they love every detail of this film. And uh, I'm not going to be able... Sorry? Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. I'm, I'm not going to be able to match that energy today. That's Let's put it that way, and that, they, there you go. 
But no, but then, but now I've made it. Talking about your mouse cursor, that's what it was. Oh, I see. Oh, right. Yeah, it's a pointy hand. Yes. Um, (laughs) Now I've made it sound as if we're about to launch into a a fully negative review, which I'm not. There was loads of stuff I liked in this, and I'm going to talk about as we go on. But no, I don't get it as a like a a a great, brilliant film that people really, really like. (laughs) Do you remember what? Did you listen to that episode? Uh, Yes. So, do you remember? Like, yeah, I, I don't require you to remember it in, you know, verbatim, but sure. do you remember the, the, the broad strokes of what they talk yes. about? Yes, so the broad strokes of what they talk about, as I describe it now, is going to sound in some way dismissive. Uh, I'm trying not to be, because I do, I, I really like, I haven't, I, I haven't listened to any of the other episodes of Return to Eerie Indiana, the podcast, because it, it warrants a re-watch of Eerie Indiana, something I would love to do and intend to do. Uh, but I but- do listen... To their other podcast, Don't Point That Horror at Me, where they talk about the old point horror books. That's a great podcast, and I really like it, and I really like them. So, that that said, the content of the Eerie Indiana episode about um, this film is mainly just them reciting the script and then saying it's brilliant and the word iconic. And so, it's just, <laughs> they love it. They just love it. I, as I say, not doing them down, they're a good bunch. But... Yeah. They love this film in a way that I cannot possibly connect with, and in a way that can, which I totally understand, because it's a way that can only be born of having had it on video twenty years yeah. ago or more, twenty six, seven years ago, whatever it came out, yeah. um, and watching it over and over again as children, which is what they did, and the result yeah. is undying love, and I appreciate that. I'm a big fan of lots of things that I did that with. Yeah. You're, I mean, as the world's only fan of the Super Mario Brothers movie, exactly. of course you understand this. Totally understand it. The same year, by the way. Summer 93. Yes, the same year. Yep. To, again, to double underline how much of a mark you could slash should have exactly. been for this at that time. Yep. Do you think, how, what, when did you, when did you first see this? Last then? year. Really? That yep. was the first time you'd ever seen it? Last Halloween was the first time. Well, yes, because it... It just looked awful. <laughs> and so I didn't want to watch it. Okay. Um, it, Do you think... Oh, sorry, go on. No, I, I, I was about to say something that's going to be a broader point later on. So I'll bring it up again later. I was going to talk about the specifics of why I didn't want to watch it and what I don't like about it now. Um, yeah. So that's, that's going to come up. What was your question going to be there? Do you think you would have liked this if you'd seen it in That's the Exactly, that's the question. Yeah, I think I would have basically liked it. The question yeah. is, would I have loved it? Would I have been into it? Um, mm-hmm. the, the circumstances suggest not because I had my Phil that year. You know what I mean? I had my Mario yeah. that year. Aladdin was that year, and this doesn't live up. J- Jurassic to Park was this year. Jurassic <laughs> Park was this year. Um, yes, yeah. and I love Jurassic Park, but it wasn't one of the films that I was like, I, my life is now about loving this film. Like, I think it was with no. most people. Um, yeah. I, but I totally get the people for whom it was. It's just <laughs> that I was full. I had Aladdin and Mario already. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I think... I would have liked this film specifically, and actually I'll compare this, because me and my brother, I don't know, let's call it three, four years before this, had massively got into Bedknobs and Broomsticks sight unseen. Uh, Right. And that's a film I think I can compare to this, because it's a Disney live action, it's about a witch, and there's magic in it, and it's like, it it, it ticks a lot of the same boxes. And, And it makes Hocus Pocus look like rubbish. In comparison, 
But <laughs> it's not a super popular film. It's one that had to get its resurgence later on. I don't think it did very well when it was launched. And um, yeah, so it, it compares in a number of ways. And so I think mm-hmm. yes, that that indicates that it's the sort of thing. Oh, and big fan of Erie, Indiana, uh, from which mm-hmm. we have two cast members in this. Oh, uh, yeah, the cat. Oh, wait, which, which, ver- which, which version of the cat? Because the the, the boy, point. the boy who plays yes. the boy, yes. is not the person who does the voice. Indeed, and the boy who plays the boy is not even the person who does the voice of the boy. Um, yeah, it's it's always dubbed over by James Marsden, even when boy. J- Jason. Marsden. Sorry, I'm thinking of James Marsden or Mars something from Sonic, right? James Marsden. Same, same Marsden. Yeah, different first name. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so Jason then yeah. Marsden, um, who was Dash X in Eerie Indiana series two. Oh, okay. So is is Jason Marsden also a like just a, a live action actor? Because I mostly know him as a voice actor. Let me give you an interesting point. He is not only a live action actor, such as in Eerie Indiana and Boy Meets World. But he's one yeah. who's considered good-looking. So why he wasn't playing the live-action boy in this, I have literally no idea. Me look up Jason. Because I always just assumed he was a voice actor, because that's all yeah. I've ever... You know, he's he's Max Goof. You know? yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's kind of what I know. Same Jason year for. again, right? Yeah. Wasn't yeah. that, I yeah. think? Or, or yeah, no, close yeah, to? He, look, he looks like... He looks like exactly the kind of boy yeah. who would play this boy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. If, yeah. and So contemporary to now would have been his appearances in... Well, I think we're between his Ear Indiana and his Boy Meets World, right? And if you were to look at pictures of him in those two things and sort of try and, you know, c- come up with a midpoint between those two, that's what he would have looked like. Uh, yeah. As I understand it, he was looked upon favourably... As a as a visual treat, this is something I've heard. Yeah, I genuinely yeah. don't know because it's now twenty seven years later, and who we're going to ask? But that's the impression <laughs> I seem to get. And so, it's really weird, really weird that they cast yeah. this. I mean, I think slightly odd looking kid um, to then have another voice. It's, yeah. it's very weird. I don't know why they did that. No, don't. Know I, why I didn't. Did. I didn't actually realize that. He was overdubbed the whole time. That's yes, bizarre. Yeah, yeah. I only I only found this out when I was checking whether or not my copy of. Uh, okay, so here's what happened. When I started watching this, I watched this last Halloween, and yes. so I, I wasn't really keen to watch it again because in adult years that feels as if I've just watched it. Yeah, um, yeah. But in my brain years, of course, I couldn't remember a single thing about it. Um, so yeah. when I sat down to watch it, I was quite intrigued by the fact that Disney Plus has in its extras a sort of extra version of the film where they oh. yeah where they flash up trivia and storyboards oh. as the film goes on so i started by watching that i aborted this moments into the film because i couldn't possibly con- concentrate on what was going on and also right, yeah. it also the picture quality isn't very good and also i was sure the sound was out of sync but <laughs> but no it just turns out that it it, 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 they, it, they just haven't overdubbed him very well, and that's just what it right. looks like. Right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, there's one close-up of that boy early on, and it's it not quite in sync with the voice. Um, so Bewildering decision. Yeah, uh, but I think it was from that early trivia that I found out that, yes, he's always a voiceover of, of Jason Marsden. The fact 
they even released such a thing on Disney Plus, like yeah. this 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 trivia track. Thing, yeah, is I think speaks to the fact that like yeah, this is a film people take seriously. Yeah, now yep, like it's not just a kind of. You know, you would just a hundred percent expect this to be like I don't know, can of worms or whatever, yeah. <laughs> where it's just like, oh yeah, one of those films that Disney made in the nineties. It's just no, everyone just loves this one. Yeah, this is um, a, this is a beloved film, and uh, a lot of people will tell you that um, the witches are, are good, so they're they're interesting people. I'd like to sit down with them. Um, uh, an interesting here uh, comment here. Sorry, is, everyone. <laughs> from uh, from uh, Wangleberry. Um, hey, hello, Wangleberry. Is that the one you just had on the podcast? I can't it remember from yes. usernames. Yes. Yeah. So she was the one who grew up in a very Christian household where they weren't ever allowed to do anything fun, right? Yes. Yeah, because she's just said, weirdly, this was a film uh, we were actually allowed to watch when she was a kid. Interesting. Which is very odd and surprising to me because I'm sorry, I just ought to edit that. I suppose I, I suppose I don't actually know if it was a Christian household, I don't know if it was a very religious household. That's all I know. But yeah, oh, but yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to make assumptions. Yes. But yes. <clears throat> you know, based on because she said like this is Wangleberry, by the way, to give you context. So I think she meant <laughs> that within the context of yeah. what we know about her. It's like, yeah, this I mean this does seem a very satanic film in that regard. <laughs> It's, um, yeah, it's an odd choice. I'll certainly uh, say that. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's certainly an odd choice to be like you are not allowed to watch or do anything else except not watching Hocus Pocus, this film about these lovable Satan worshippers. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, sorry, I've just tabbed into the chat because uh, Johanna's reminded me it existed, and I just want to say hi to everyone. You know, Wangleberry's here. Hello, Tom McGrath's here. Hello, Fingers is here, and uh, uh, Matt Echo Four has just come to say hi. So hi. Okay, that's politeness Hello, out of the way. Hi, Chris <laughs> Williams uh, and various Hello, things. And various just, things. A big supporter of ours. The fan yes. of Kirby. Emojo uh, <laughs> 9 Hello and Beluga Tunes. Hello to everybody. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. We will be uh, interacting with you in no further ways after this. Yes. No, <laughs> um, no we will. No, Are I'll be saying... getting distracted by reading your chat and will not listen to Jahan properly. <laughs> <laughs> the, the usual, then. Yes. Um, except this time no. it won't be Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> or will it? So, you can't tell. Anyway, I might be on Twitter now. <laughs> you might be, but please don't be. No. We have things to discuss about Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus. So, this film, then, like, I had... I didn't see it in 1993. No. I, I'm sure I had seen it in chunks or bits and pieces, may, maybe even the whole way through, um, on TV at oh. some point. And I remembered it being all right, but not yeah. like no, no, nothing I could actually remember anyway. No, that's um, my assessment of the film, if you wanted to boil it down. Yeah. I mean, can but like watching it back, it's, it's definitely different from how I remembered it right. a little bit. Like well, One thing is that you've said on this podcast before was that you had the impression it was quite scary. Scary is too strong a word for what I thought it was. Yeah. But I thought it was tonally more like... Um, hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to think of a child scary film. Beetlejuice? Does that count as child? It's not... 
exactly a child film. But it's child scary, isn't it? Ish. Honestly, this is an interesting point to launch into. Oh wait, uh, before <laughs> turns I out think. it isn't. <laughs> just uh, sorry, I'm getting think. told here. No, it isn't. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I'm just hearing now. <laughs> like uh, no, Wangleberry was saying that yes, very Christian household. Possibly it was something to do with the Puritans being portrayed positively. Who knows what the rules were? So, um, yeah, no, the interesting point that I wanted to go into is the fact that, like, and look, I can't claim full authorship for this. Right. Uh, this, is a, this is a point of analysis that I took from the very interesting box office and analyst, Scott Mendelson, who I read and retweet a lot of. Um, because he's very good. He's a very good commentator on not just box office stuff, but also just like, you know, the business of film and like yeah. the way audiences respond to things and the way that like kind of demographic responses to particular films kind of affect their popularity and that kind of thing. It's it's good if you if you want like some interesting in you know uh, educated insights in insights into the way audiences respond to film and the way that that then affects the industry and the production of that art. But he was making the good point that possibly one of the reasons that Hocus Pocus does have this level of kind of generational pull is because it is a type of film for an audience that doesn't... No, the audience still exists, but the type of film catering to that audience doesn't really exist in the same way. Oh, um yes and, yeah, i agree with that yeah it's the sort of the yeah the scary the scary film that is a kids film also yeah it is definitely a kids film yeah because this is this is one thing that's like changed a lot about <clears throat> the industry in the last 10 years or so you touched on it briefly in i don't remember which episode it was it was a previous episode where you were you were kind of lamenting the fact that um, you didn't feel like kids or family films were as wholesome as they used to be in a lot of ways. Like, you, you specifically raised the point of, like, you don't like, you didn't like the fact that Mewling Quim is a line mm. from one of the most popular family movies yeah. of the current day. That's kind of because of the way that a lot of the kind of, like, categories we used to have have kind of congealed into all one big category yeah. that's just sold as a big block yeah so like you know the avengers yeah it's for all the family quote unquote but there used to be a much clearer distinction between okay so you got your films for kids and then you've got your film for like teenagers something like avengers would fit much more into that kind of indiana jones bracket yes. which was like you know, maybe you watch that between the ages of like 12 and 20 or something, and you're not really expected that much to watch it below that age. And But it's also not really, really for people older than 20. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you'd get like adult films, you'd get like, you know, adult dramas and thrillers and all that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. then, you know, going up and up and up into sort of like prestige Oscar movies and art house films and all that. So... In the last 10 years or so, you've seen this real kind of flattening out of that as as studios have pursued this idea 
well, if we're going to make a, a film that on any kind of scale, we want it to be a film that literally everyone mm. goes to see. Yeah. So if we're going to spend more than like $50 million, it has to be for literally everyone. Yeah. It has to be for children, teenagers, young people, anyone, basically anyone below the age of 50. And then everyone over the age of 50, yeah, we can do some Oscar movies for them. In So it's like there's three categories of film these days. There's the Oscar movies that they release in like December, January, February. Then there's the film for literal, literal small children. Yeah, yeah. And then the rest of the films are now just for everyone. And that includes films that use, that would in the past have been for teenagers. It includes films that in the past would have been, honestly, for old, you know, like 18 plus year olds. So that's why you get a situation now where you're getting sort of like Terminator mm. and Die Hard movies. Yeah. That are kind of made for the same age as are expected to go and see Batman. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's just a it's just a way that the markets change in a way that like the yeah yeah as various things have pointed out the four quadrant blockbuster mm. that used you know like the the thing that caters to every audience that used to be like oh wow that's a rare thing that yeah. comes along every now and then like something that really appeal to everybody and make huge bank because normally there would be a film for each of those four quadrants yeah whereas now. If you're spending any money at all, it's because you're trying to make a four-quadrant blockbuster. Yeah. And so a film like Hocus Pocus, you don't really get films like this now. Because it's not... This is not a film for young children. No. I do think this would be too scary for, for young children. But it's also not something that is in any sense attempting to appeal to anyone older than... 16 to 18 yeah. maybe at the oldest because you know because it, it's a weird one because mm. it's like i say it's definitely not for small children in so far not only insofar as that you know it's it sort of tries to be scary a little bit but it's also a film that like it's it's weirdly frank about its allusions to sex <laughs> yeah it is yeah and this was the, i found the film to be divided right down the middle between like the sort of film that the description you're giving conjures up in the mind where yeah. like there are there there are various different levels of things going on there are some adult references but mostly it's a kids adventure film and and everyone's quite every, everyone in it is quite engaging and then and and that's i that film is in this film and i really enjoyed yeah. that film and yeah. then then there's the three witches and the reason i separate them off is that they are ostensibly the source of the spooky in this. They're, they're supposedly yeah. the scary thing. But they're more like the three interminable ghosts in the Casper movie. Or like, they're just doing irritating, stupid stuff all the time. And doing yeah. and, and their lev the level on which they pit themselves as the threat is like... Like, well, like I, it reminds me of when me and my little brother would play at being witches. So it's all like, I'll get you, and then, yeah. and when I do, you won't like the thing I do, and without <laughs> any actual threat, without any, without yeah, actually knowing yeah. what it is, it'll. There's just a lot of like, I'll be coming. I'm coming towards you. Oh, oh, and um, 
Dave, this is getting a bit scary. <laughs> and so when we were talking about, you know, me and Jahan were talking through the door at each other a few weeks ago about like, yeah. is it scary or not? I said that my impression that I got was it was about as scary as the the witch is in the worst witch movie, the bad witch is in that, which is exactly the yeah. same thing. Again, they just kind of go ooh, ooh, towards the camera. Yeah. But in that yeah. film, they go as far as to have a fisheye lens for them to go ooh, into like that. Um, yeah. And which is, uh, which by the way, I'm saying is less scary because it's yeah. more they're they're leaning into how silly it is as well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So as a maybe this is as an adult who didn't grow up with the film, I found them to be a big problem because the rest of the film I found believable and engaging um, and pleasant to watch yeah, um, yeah. on a number of different levels. Like the child brain me watching it for an adventure film for kids, the adult brain me getting all the grown up jokes and the and the yeah. sex jokes and things. Yeah. That all worked, and that I thought balance was fine, and then it was all yeah. just ruined whenever those three came on screen. For me, well, I apologise. <laughs> interestingly, it is a film that um, the producer came up with the idea for it initially, like you know, based on you know a story he'd come up with for his for his daughter huh. when he saw a, a black cat walking. Yes, the 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 trivia version of the film opens with him saying that. Oh, really? Yeah, okay, there's, yeah, there's actual added film bits and everything. Oh, okay. Might be quite so, interesting uh, to watch, but I'm not going that's to. That's verifiable then. Okay. Yep. <laughs> and it was, it started life as a script that was bought by Disney and it was scarier. It was darker and yeah. scarier initially. The protagonists were, were thought were planned to be 12 year olds mm -hmm. and it was pitched to Amblin, uh, like Spielberg's right. company. And he didn't want to do it because at that time, like, Disney and Amblin were seen as competitors in the market, so he didn't want to. Well, but if it those streams. yeah, but if it wasn't a Disney film yet, why was it a problem? No, it had been bought by Disney. Oh right. Oh, and, so Disney and... wanted Amblin to make a film for them. Kinda, yeah, but they they didn't want to co-produce it for that reason. Um, and yeah, and then after that, that's when the rewrites happened to make it more comedic and turn the you know, two of the heroes into teenagers, which obviously diffuses a lot of the mm. the fear and the tension. But then ages down the third child to add a little, yeah, a little eight, someone eight year old for a birch. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she was great you know, in this. <laughs> isn't like yeah, like I mean, she's just a generally very good actor. But yeah, I but you wouldn't expect her to be as as a small child a really good she actor. Was, she was a child star yeah. first yeah. before she then became no, sure. a teenage star and then a star of reputable yeah. movies. Well, she deserves to be. She's great in it. We'll do we'll do a cast run through in a minute, but like she's really well, good yeah. in this. <laughs> yeah. But um the the thing that I'm the thing that's interesting about this is that like even though yeah, they have aged down the tone of it and they've made it more comedic, there are aspects of it that are still hmm that still feel like they're of of, uh, of of a thought process that was aimed at more of a gremlins-y type audience. Yeah. And to me, what the, like, the biggest marker of that is the fact that, like, the entire plot, really, revolves around very, like, constant allusions to, but never explanations of, the fact that our teenage protagonist is a virgin. Yeah, this film is obsessed with whether or not he's a virgin. It's it like yeah. sometimes it's mocking him with it. Sometimes it's yeah. a, 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 an important plot point. Um, yeah, I was 
kind of gratifying to see that it was that it never went too deep into it. nobody was like having a go at him for it there wasn't yeah. an annoying drawn out sequence where he was pretending not to be or whatever but like yeah it just kept dropping it as a piece of information as if the audience yeah. would be interested to know that he's a virgin i mean it's not to me it was it felt less that it that it was fixated on it but it was more that it was like it was such a key foundation stone of how the entire plot functioned yeah. like oh he's you know this magic spell will only yeah. work if a virgin does it or whatever which you know what fine that works in the kind of like old world magic yeah. sort of sense but it doesn't ever it doesn't ever take the time it doesn't ever take a moment to explain to the audience what that means what that is yeah no what that is and it stands so it's, out it's taken as read that you know yeah and it stands out even more by the fact that it's also taken as read that eight-year-old thora birch knows what it means yeah yeah no i know and that that she and she knows what it means enough that she'll be among the people constantly making going reference. on about it yeah yeah um <laughs> So you know what you know what I mean that yeah, that, 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 that's... that strikes it puts it yeah. demographically in a really 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 specific place. It's yeah. like you're old enough to know what sex is, yeah. but you're not old enough to not want to watch Hocus Pocus. Yeah, which I'm thinking is like ten <laughs> to ten and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Surely you have to put it a bit like given the nature of the protagonist. I think you have to put it up to at least as old as they're supposed to be. But that's the interesting thing. Yeah, I, I, I no, I don't quite agree with that because. No, so okay. yeah, well, let's so start at ten, right? Because it's a children's film and it's 1993, and that I don't know. That just strikes me as the sort of age that might want to watch a children's film, right? Go up, you, you know, eleven, twelve. I think when you hit about thirteen, yeah. that's as far as you can go and watch those three witches and and not be like, oh, it's in for me. I don't know and that's why was... that's why i call it a clash that's why i think the fact that you've got this if those three particular witches weren't in it and three other yeah. witches were in it i'd completely yeah. agree this goes up to about uh 15 16 but because those three witches who are like preschool television witches they are like you know it, it, they're like pigeon street witches it's ridiculous how babyish they are that in this film means that you yeah. have two different films going on that are, I think, exclusive to two separate audiences. Mm. I don't think the audience that would enjoy the witches on the fullest level would have any idea what's going on or or in, in any way like identify with the teenage protagonist and vice versa. Hmm. I don't know. A, I think you're overestimating the maturity of 14 to 16 year olds. Maybe. Um... No, not the maturity. It's not maturity. It's embarrassment level. It's the fact that it's that you and I didn't do this, so I am just extrapolating based on the fact. This is the most recent uh, example of this that I'm aware of. We just recorded yeah. yesterday an episode of Sonic, which was uh, still had the free gift on the cover, and the reason it still had the free gift on the cover of the physical copy I've got here is because that was as far as Abby could bear going, and still admit that even though she was totally into Sonic, she was 12 now. So no. And um, she it very quickly got back on the bandwagon, but that's the reason she never took the free gift off, never played with the cards that came with it. No, too old now. There's shame now. There's shame wow. now. And that is the level that I'm coming at this with. I think that there's a point at which you'd go like, oh, God. And, 
to in response to these witches. Yeah. And that's so for the exact same reasons that the main character of the film yeah. is embarrassed about yeah. going and doing Halloween things yes. with his kid sister. Yes. That's the same reason that that exact person in the audience of Hocus Pocus would not stomach the witches. So Omri Katz is the, the main character in this. He's the guy from Erie, Indiana. And in both of those things, he, he presents as a really cool dude, except in this, a really grumpy Marty one, right? Yeah. And also a cool dude in a very, very down the line yep. 90s Disney yep. version of oh, a yeah. cool teenager. Exactly, oh, yeah. I, basically, I get the impression that Omri himself is quite a cool dude. Um <laughs> And I think that he would not want to watch this film because of those three witches. <laughs> I am not sure. I'm not sure. And Wangleberry makes the point that, like, well, she disagrees, I think, saying, think about the American audience. I wonder if my childhood was a more representative example of levels of tolerance. I think Americans might accept this more. Um, uh, what, what what do we mean the, here the, when we say Americans? Like, you know, um, like, I wonder if American kids might watch these witches and... But what key difference between us and Americans are we focusing on here? Hmm. Is it that they I... like stupid stuff? Well, <laughs> maybe it's a, maybe it's to do with the flavour of stupid thing. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think if you would be more accepting of what they were doing it of what they were doing here if they were british actors doing it in a sort of a panto style yeah. rather than american actors doing it in a really stupid way yeah um well, I, in a, in a I, style, to be, to be clear you know i, I to be clear, I'm mostly joking all the way through this. Like they were, yeah. they were fine. Um, uh, but but uh, but the the reason I'm joking about it is that I didn't like them, but I completely accept that normal people would. Um, yeah, yeah, possibly. Um, the I'll tell you what the, the the comparison that I made when I was talking to Abby about it, who does like it by the way, and did grow up with it, and does remember. Like, oh right, okay, I didn't know that. Uh, actually, okay. She came out of it this time going like, nah, that wasn't so good. But that could be because she knew that we were going to discuss it in a in a serious business sort of way last yeah. year when we watched it we both quite enjoyed it um because yeah. that was just for fun the comparison that i made is that so by chance i happen as a whatever age i was 13 year old to have enjoyed the mask the film the mask sure yeah, and it yeah. compares to this film because that is a film of two sides you've got a, a relatively normal sort of film about people doing things and mm -hmm. on top of that, you've got sometimes in comes this madcap cartoon character. Yeah, and yeah. As it just so happens, all the choices Jim Carrey makes in that film to be that madcap character, I understood why he made yeah. those choices, what the meta context of them was, and I got them all, and I th I liked them, and I found it funny and entertaining. Um, yeah. Our serious Disney youth correspondent, who wasn't there at the time, didn't and doesn't yes. get it. And and doesn't and and sees that film the way I see this film, and I think I think we've got a similar situation. I think if you just Maybe. are the wrong age and don't get it, then you don't. It, it's not whether it's good or bad. It's whether you your life experiences connect up with the choices these actors are making or not. Yeah, and, whether it's possible for you to dial into their level or yeah, whatever. So when I saw The Mask, I thought that all the choices he was making were like 
innovative comedy choices that were yeah. a, a, a new way of behaving on screen, but which I got why they all made sense. Whereas yeah. watching these witches, the life experience I connect to with that is, uh, you know, me and my brother when we're seven and ten years old, being bad at pretending to be witches. It's the same performance, and I've got the receipts, and I can send you the the recording. <laughs> and so, as I'm watching them, I'm going like, "Well, then that, then there, this is rubbish, then, because yeah, a yeah. literal child can do this." But presumably, they, those performers, they were responding to whatever we, the literal children, were responding to, and they were doing that. And so, had we watched it at that age, we would have connected to all their choices. And it's just a question of I just didn't watch it at the right time. That's all. Yeah, I wonder. I do wonder about that. So that's my because comparison that, that sort of explains it. My reaction to them was like... 100% yeah. They undercut any sense of threat yeah. to the film. Even though like what they're doing is actually quite threatening. Yeah, the actual actions, <laughs> yeah kind of especially by one of these film standards. Yeah. There's nothing like there's nothing actually cuddly about them. Like there's nothing this yeah. isn't an Adams family situation. No. It's not a Beetlejuice situation where they're just like um oh they're supernatural characters, but they're just like you and me in a sense. Yeah. That kind of you know like where it's like oh you know yeah it's a it's a Dracula but you know he's got a pay his taxes you know or whatever <laughs> <laughs> bram stoker's draxes coming soon <laughs> but yeah it, like it's not that kind of thing it's like no these are actually witches in the old sense yeah, yeah they're, they're they're acting quite goofy or whatever yeah but no when you when you boil down to it they're horrible they're like horrible villains in all the ways that Halloween witches are supposed to be horrible villains. Mm. They want to abduct a load of children. They want to, you know, live forever. They will torture and torment people uh, with kind of horrible spells. They literally worship and have formed a personal relationship and pact with actual literal Satan. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they're bad. They actually are bad. They're not. They're not. They're not a joke. But they're played in a very goofy way. It's, um, yeah, it's like if you were watching. <laughs> I was gonna, I'm gonna say something really stupid, but I'm gonna plow on because we're live. It's sure. It's like if you were watching a hard hitting crime drama, but the but the murderers were Bulk and Skull, <laughs> and they've done murders, right? Yeah, actual yeah. murders. Yeah. But they're Balkan Skull, and they act like Balkan Skull. So on the way to the murder, they're yeah. ending up with pies in their face. Yeah. Everyone's laughing at them. That all that it's stuff. It's got Balkan Skull's theme. Yeah, the theme. Yeah, the theme tune always plays while they're murdering, but not even in a way, not in a way that comes off as like ironic placement of that music yeah. over a murder. It's just, yeah. it's just ineffectual and rubbish. <laughs> I'm just yeah. I'll, again, I'll come back to Balkan Skull later. <laughs> My. 
I think so. What they are is you've got the one because if you're if you sort of vaguely remember the film or haven't seen the films, I hadn't. It looks like yeah. a trio of witches who are going to do the yeah, my pretty type stuff. Um, yeah. You know, a bit like the, the the two to me that I think would have been referenced here are, of course, the Wicked Witch, the Western Wizard of Oz, yeah, and then probably <clears throat> Witchy Poo from Puffin Stuff, who's got quite a cultural legacy over in America and in my personal house because I happen to have it on video. Um, okay. Which was the other big witch um character i'm sure there are others um yeah. but they're doing that act like, <laughs> i'm a witch type stuff but that yeah. ain't what it is actually what yeah. you've got is you've got bet midler is doing a sort of she just over pronounces everything that's her act yeah. then you've yeah. got the one whose act is i'm pulling a face with a bit of my mouth and repeating the last syllable of everything that the bet midler one says yeah, and then you've got the Sarah Jessica Parker one, who's just sort of like flighty and happy usually. Um, yeah, like an, air, an airhead, but yeah. like a, a malign airhead. Yeah, and those yeah. those are each such a small thing. Those are I really think you could develop those further than they did to make them better. I just don't think they're good enough. I don't think that's enough to to carry yeah. the the whole film. Like. Even Bulk and Skull had more nuance than that. I'm comparing them. The, my points of comparison with these characters, the ones that immediately come to my mind, yeah. is on the one hand that you've got like, and this isn't a direct, this isn't directly like comparable, but I think of Angelica Houston in The Witches. Say, yeah. Now I, I haven't seen that recently enough to remember the, the the performance very well, but I remember it as being quite good. Yeah, it's it's definitely very um, OTT, and yeah. it's very kind of like scenery chewing. Yeah, but not in and like theatrical and re, and ridiculous. It is a ridiculous performance, but not in a way that undercuts the threat. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I'm thinking of is a more recent example. Have you seen Stardust? No, the Matthew Vaughn fantasy no. movie. I like that film quite a bit, and. Um, there are witch villains yeah. in that. I'm not. I'm not 100 convinced by the bloke they've got to play Bowie in it, but you know, I'll give it a chance. God, I try, I was trying to block out the fact that I'd seen that trailer. <laughs> um, why would you name a film after an already famous film? Why, why use the same name as a famous film? Why, like, if Bowie had made a song called Jaws, you wouldn't call it Jaws, would you? <laughs> Oh, look, there's a lot of why questions about <laughs> what I've seen about that film, but that's a different podcast. But yeah. isn't Oz? So... No, no, I'm not in, even. I'm not even interested. Let alone no. have a podcast on which to talk about it. So, what no. about what about the actual film Stardust? Stardust, yeah, that has witch villains. Right. The lead one of whom is Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, they I can see that a... working. They're doing a lot of what they do in Hocus Pocus in Stardust. It's kind of the same dynamic of like it's a coven of witches. There's what you know, like one of whom is the big star out of them mm -hmm. and is the lead witch. She's obviously the brains of the operation. They're backbitey. They're bickering. They're like trying to do weird things so they can reclaim their youth. It's that same sort of thing. Yeah, and they have that same kind of vampy, campy sort of vibe to them. But in that film, there'll be many moments where, okay, right, mask drops now. 
no, we're horrible, <laughs> you know? Yes, like, yes, this film could have really done with that. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, okay, all right, fine. You know, we'll we'll mess around and we'll do our weird thing, but like, oh, now now you've now you've pissed me off. Yeah. And now you're going to see that no, I'm I'm to be taken seriously, actually. Yeah. And I'm a genuinely awful villain. And I don't know. I I, I, I suppose it's like, you know, I could certainly be accused of being wrong to think that a film like this needed the villains to suddenly be horrible but the problem is yeah. that the, the what they're professing to be trying to do doesn't the, the bad things that you described that mean that they are horrible villains doesn't match up with the fact that on screen they're the kind of villains that if you tell them they're dying they'll yes. do it <laughs> yeah 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 even if what you've done is spray some water yeah. on them and or shine a car headlight on them yeah way after the point that they already know what a car headlight yeah and they'll still go like oh we're dying and then ages later they're like oh he tricked us and yeah it's oh they annoyed me so they reminded me of nothing so much as the stupid fairies from maleficent it was Mm. that sort of performance to me and in that now and in that you have imelda staunton who when they turn human we've covered this on another episode just stands out as an inappropriately good actor. Like, yeah. she's being so good at acting in that bit that it, like, it's wrong for what they're trying to do, which is a bad film. But, yes. but, um, or at least <laughs> the, 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 the fairies' bits are stupid and bad. In this, sure. I didn't get that off. Oh, I can't remember her name. The, the main one, the middle one. The, the one who stands in the middle being the big Broadway diva one in this. Come on, that what's her name? Me. What? Bette Midler? Yes. I didn't find her... Remember, she's the one in the middle. That's she's... why she's called that. Yeah, that's... Jahan, that is literally why I came up with that, because earlier I'd thought that. Oh, she stands in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want to... I... She's capable of more than what she gave in this. She is a Broadway diva-style person. I don't know much about... I don't know much about who she is. I know her from this... And like Oliver and Company. Like, I don't... She was yeah. the one in that, right? She was in that, yeah. Yeah, so I personally don't have the experience of her, but I... She's wind beneath my wings. Okay, thing. right. Yeah. But I get... I understand that she's that sort of person, a sort of big personality, she can stand on a stage and take over that stage type person. Yeah, and who, that sort of Barbara Streisand. Yeah, yeah. Way. Who used to be in, like, musicals and things, I think. Yeah. And... Yeah. I... In this, what we get is someone who's... Anyone could do it. Give me more. There's a whole bit where she gets to do a song and she chooses yeah. to do it in a a voice that's like someone who like can't sing would do to do an impression yeah. of someone who can sing. And it's like, but I know yeah, you can yeah. sing. Yeah, no, yeah you're literally that middler. Yeah, don't do the joke that it would be funny if you could sing. You yeah. can. But yeah. that's that's a separate thing. I have hang-ups about how musicals are done anyway. So. Sure, I, I, I get that. Um, in a minute, the, the, in a minute, sorry to everyone about my grumpiness about this, because soon I'll start going off about the stuff that I thought was great in this film. There's loads of it I really yeah. liked. Gary. Well, I, I'm going to... and yeah, I'll defend them on, on, on quite a lot of levels as well. I mean, what they're saying in the chat is Tom McGrath says the whole film kind of feels like whatever happens, everyone will be all right. Yeah. 
yeah. uh, like when they just leave those two teenagers in cages, haha. Which I thought was reprehensible, I must yeah. say. Yeah. I I really thought that did not reflect well on the main character at all. No. The fact that he just left those two guys in cages. Yeah. But again, we'll, we'll, I'll come back to them. Yeah. Um, and yeah. And, then yeah, like he said, also you get the impression everyone will take a bow at like at the end of a pantomime. Pantomime was a big uh, touch point for me mentally uh -huh. with it. He also says it feels very much like a Muppet movie, and <laughs> yeah, like not one of the very good ones. <laughs> maybe not one of the very good ones, but I, I think I clicked with them on that level. Like, yeah. partly just because you know I can appreciate it when. When I'm just seeing some performers kind of just having a bit of a laugh with something, like there's always some, you know, there's a certain energy that comes off it when when it feels like they're having a laugh, but it's not. I don't feel like any of them were being self indulgent. Like I thought they were all just being like, "What's really gonna? What's really gonna be funny? Like yeah. what's really gonna like? What's what are kids going to be like? Oh, you know." This character's funny, but I'm a bit scared of them. And I'll just really, you know, I'll really go for like, because they're, they're all really going for it. And I just sort of felt, so yeah, on that level, I felt the effort. And yeah, it may be in good and bad ways. Um, but the other thing, I think I was viewing it in a context where I wish some of Disney's more recent live action movies with their villains had some of this kind of energy of yeah. throwing themselves into it because you know there was nothing you know there was a lot about these performances that just made me reflect on the fact that like i think there's a big there should be a big place in children's entertainment for yeah the, this kind of panto villain type performance i like i like seeing it like even the less successful examples i think it belongs to a proud tradition mm -hmm. that that i don't that i felt like a lot of their recent movies they've shied away from mm -hmm. and don't shy away from this yeah like because this is this whether you like their execution of it or not they are very much living up to the the spirit of what like all of them are taking seriously the idea of we're playing disney villains we're playing Disney villains, and we know what that means. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we've got, we've got a, we've got a mark to hit. You know, we've got like, you know, we want like I, not this is me speaking as Bette Midler. I'm not claiming to be Bette Midler, but I, Bette Midler, look back on many decades of Disney villains, and I'm going to look at them and be like, yeah, I, I want to be one of them. Like, I'm not above them. I want to just do. Yeah. I, I want to be the next. Yeah, um, I, I completely respect. The, the part of it that I totally respect is that Bette Midler, who is this Broadway diva type, yeah. was prepared to be this stupid. Yes, exactly. This stupid in that. Yeah, like, because she wants to be the next Gaston or whatever, mm. or the next Jafar. I mean, I suppose... Yeah, no, they'll have seen Jafar by that time, yeah. like Just, yeah. And it's... I guess I'm putting this in the context of the fact that, like, the last, you know, we're in, you know, we're on a podcast where we've been talking about a lot of these live-action remakes, where they've just shied away from this yep. style of thing completely. Yeah. And, and very fr frequently, 
replaced it with nothing. Yeah. With nothing. Yeah. Like, I would have loved the Jafar in the the Guy Ritchie Aladdin movie to be Bette Midlering it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, or or any of the villains in Mulan or whatever. Like, come on, give us give us something like. You know, it doesn't have to be this exactly, but like, yeah. give us something like this. And I was just trying to think: is this a, is this a thing that's died? Like, is it is a style that's died? And I came to the conclusion: no, it hasn't died. Like, people still do this kind of thing, and that's why that's why the uh, Power Rangers reboot movie came to uh, my mind. Oh, yeah, because Elizabeth Banks in that. Yeah, I I don't think she's really playing Rita Repulsa in the traditional sense, but she's definitely doing a performance of this type yes where it's just like you know what i am sod sod it sod everything that anyone ever has ever told me about traditional restraints of acting yes like i'm i'm one of those kids movie baddies now i'm i'm just gonna go mental and i always do like it um i think in in and like I think you can actually, if you get it right, you can get to quite a high level with it. For me, the high watermark of how to do a villain like this um, from like live action in my recent memory, yeah, that just the hamming it up type villain, is Jeffrey Rush in the first Pirates movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, I rewatched all of those recently. Oh, and gosh, what would you do that for? <laughs> just out of interest. Um, I still think the first three are all genuinely interesting movies, and then this, the fourth one is one of the worst things anyone has ever made. Oh, wow. And then the fifth one is just... Fifth everyone's, one. everyone's just tired at that point. It's just like, come on. Like, it's not undignified, but everyone's just like, come, please let me die. Um, but, like, the first three, first three, and, you know, they're relevant to... Hell, look! I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind covering the pirate series on here at some point, yeah. because those are very Disney films. And like, first three genuinely interesting works of creativity. And Jeffrey Rush in that first one, he absolutely finds the line between how to be a villain who is this kind of Bette Midler. I am ham like. This is not a real person. Yeah. I am dialing everything up to 10 billion. Like, in that, like, think about the challenge that mm. Jeffrey Rush has in that, in that part. It's like, I'm not playing a revisionist pirate. I'm playing the pirate. Mm -hmm. Everything that you've ever thought about pirates, I'm going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, there is a Death Star exhaust port size target to hit with that. Everything around it, you're gonna look like you're like a complete idiot. And but if you bullseye it like he did, it's like, wow, like look at this guy. This, this guy is the pirate. <laughs> like it feels like every other pirate has spun off this guy. And because he does that. He, he managed to embed himself in the reality of that world whilst also being this Panto character. It's an absolutely yeah. incredibly balanced performance. And I don't think any everyone can hit that sort of level. No. Um, 
Tom McGrath saying, Johnny Depp also hit that bullseye, right? No, Johnny Depp was doing something different to my mind. Johnny Depp is doing a revisionist take. He gets to do something offbeat and wild and wacky and weird. You know, like, it, yes, it definitely is a performance that takes chances, but it's not just being a panto character. It's, you know, it, it's doing a complete, it's inventing your own brand new kind of character. I was which, actually going you know, to say that, you know, Jeffrey Rush needed to do that much of a archetypal pirate essentially yeah. as a balance for how weird and out there the johnny depp pirate which of course now has become its own pirate archetype um, yeah exactly but to it the kind point of out. um but if we're while, yeah, we, well, while we're comparing to pirates by the way in particular the bit where um the bet midler one started started doing a spiel about oh right that's it i've had enough i'm gonna end it all goodbye world goodbye moon goodbye this and that um, I, I I suddenly realised that there is some some hook in there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, and that, I like that's a I, skit from the film Hook, and uh, yeah, I think I, slightly cynically uh, lifted into this film. But the the, <laughs> the performances are similar in ways. Yeah, and you know, I know I've rambled on this a little bit, but it's like, do you see what I mean when I'm saying that, like? There's a there's absolutely a place in a film like this for someone to just take a cartoon performance yeah. and just try try and hit it. And I agree with you. I don't think they all hit it quite. I don't think any of them hit the nail direct on the head. Uh, like not even not even to the degree that like I don't know Kate Blanchett did in Cinderella, mm -hmm. say. Because um, you know that's another example of a recent one where yeah no you know what they someone has tried to go she tried to nuance it a little bit and and succeeded because yeah. she's Kate Blanchett but like it's yeah sometimes just play a stereotype and they are all playing like they are all playing stereotypes and it's a stereotype that I like I like to like to me there's always a there's always a certain comforting kick that you get from seeing a villain whose relation who has two lackeys and whose relationship with those lackeys is ah you idiots go get them you know it's <laughs> yeah. like look i like that yeah. i just like that it's very it's very uh long john baldry dr robotnik you it know is. it's it very is. yeah like and i don't i don't want that to, I don't want that style of villain to ever pass that um, just pass into uncoolness like <laughs> yeah. pass, we need to build you know that, that, that teenage embarrassment that you were talking yeah. about about these kind of performances I like that Midler at all will just like sod it yeah. like who cares if they're embarrassed who cares if everyone's embarrassed it's this is an inherently stupid concept, but it's so important that we keep this type of villain alive. The kind <laughs> that, yeah, we're going to bulldoze through our own embarrassment and the audience's embarrassment, and we're just going to stick it out. And I look, I respect that. I respect yeah. that. And yeah, I enjoy enough. it on those terms, even though I understand the point you're making about, yeah, the execution is, it's not all it could be. Um, I just found it very weak and aggravating, but I, I agree with that yeah. point. Um, I, yeah, I, I would like to. I, I wish it had been done more to my satisfaction, but yes. yeah, no, I can definitely see that. Yeah, that you're always going to be able to 
have disagreements about it, but I absolutely 100% back the intent of it. And I think it's something yeah. that Disney need to remember. There's a reason, like, I think they've forgotten recently, kind of across the board, mm-hmm. about the, like, because they've been so um, interested recently in, like, really kind of, like, curating and being very careful about and paying a lot of attention to the legacy of Disney princesses and Disney heroines and Mm -hmm. this idea of, like, you know, the Disney heroine, like, the Disney princesses are an important cultural canon that we need to be, you know, every time we add a new character to that pantheon, we're going to think really carefully about what it means. We're going to think really carefully about what it represents, what it adds to the overall, you know, that, that overall collected work of these her- these iconic heroines we have over the years. But they seem to have forgotten lately that, yeah, but the Disney villains are also a pantheon like that. Yeah. They're also this, oh, hang on. I need to collect my groceries. Aha! Hold on a second. Okay, I'll just cover for you. Kill time. Okay. Jahan's gets those boxes of all of the food for uh, food for the week delivered, and uh, we knew that whatever time we scheduled this for is when they would decide randomly to to bring it today, and so that's so we didn't ta- we decided not to take that into account, and that's what's uh, going on uh, here. Um, yes, yeah. so so again, uh, apologies to anyone who's a big lover of this film. I am into some stupid films because I watched them when I was eleven and stuff. So or or younger or older. So uh, I know what it is like to hear people disparaging things that I love um, and how frustrating that is. And I, I apologize. I am going to start talking about the things I liked about this film as soon as we can get off the topic of the witches, which I loathed in this film. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I did. I'm sure as a child that I would not have... Or would I? Because remember that I, I made the active decision not to go and see this film um, in as much as that was in my control rather than my parents. And that would have been based on <laughs> having seen The Witches. <laughs> um, hello. He's uh, sensibly uh, gelling his hands there as a result of having uh, done that transaction. Very sensible. I am back. Hello. And I, I, when I was covering, I was just saying to them that, uh, uh, well, I was apologising for uh, again for my my naysaying of the witches and how I didn't like them. But uh, but I was pointing out that one of the things that I want to mention is that um, I did see clips of this. I remember watching, you know, the bit where they come back to life on things like Disney Time or movies, games, and videos or whatever. And um, so it will have been because of those three witches that I chose not to see the film so i don't think i liked yeah. them even then but by the opposite token you're talking about this kind of villain the the the, the positive side is that they will have been a hundred percent of the reason anyone did choose to go and see the film was to yeah. see these three villains that they yeah. would have seen clips of and enjoyed so and it's why anyone remembers it yes you know yeah like i agree i i like the stuff that isn't them too mm. but that's not that's not why anyone is still watching this film. Indeed, exactly. Just to finish the point that I was making before sure. I dashed off my groceries was I was just saying about the what I perceive to be the relative lack of care mm. they put into curating their library of villains mm. compared to their library of heroes, yeah. especially recently. You know? Like, I just feel that in you know, when they remake Aladdin, or Mulan, or whatever, they'll 
put so much stock like through the press and through like people talking about it, being like oh yeah you know it was you know we know like jasmine's a very very important character and it was very important to find the exact you know like yeah. you know, then they'll get naomi scott to come out and be like oh yeah you know princess jasmine you know this is a character that really meant so you know like we really need to take care you know or, or mulan it, but like it just sort of feels like yeah but jafar yeah yeah we'll just get some guys to play him whatever you know who's really thinking about it the <laughs> villain from mulan you don't even remember what his name is who cares you know like um, and it's like they've got a point with that one though <laughs> they do have a point but 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 yeah but this kind of cuts across everything they've been doing recently frankly i think it's been it's cutting through to their um even their more recent animated movies like recently they've they've really kind of they're on a bit of a run recently of like twist villains yeah you know like people who you don't even know is the villain until like the last third of the film yeah and it's like often that makes for a you know like a good surprise or like a a, a good bit of plot and you know like yeah like like in frozen or like in yeah. zootopia say yeah. like yeah you know the 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 true villain doesn't really show their face until quite late in the game or whatever. But mm -hmm. it does mean that, like, yeah, but you don't then really go back and add that character to the great pantheon of Disney villains, do you? Because they weren't uh, really even a villain for most of the time. I don't know how true this is, but we might see a change to that coming up uh, sometime soon. Because oh, yeah. I recently heard that everything that you've that you have just perfectly described, what was an actual official policy of John Lasseter, which is right. no more Disney villains, and that wow, okay, all the yeah. all the villains had to be like twist villains or emerging villains or down to earth villains. I don't know why he had that idea. Or no villain like Moana. Has yeah, I, no, that's a, that's a great example, and it's one of the ones that's usually brought up. Like that's the yeah. yeah I, I I don't know why he thought that was a good idea. I don't know if that was an, a real thing. It's just something I've heard. I haven't sourced it, but it's something that people on other Disney things have said with some amount of confidence. And could be true because Pixar don't really do villains. Well, either. that's the thing, and it does line up, doesn't it? If you yeah, if mm -hmm. you look at the time when he came in, it's around then that they stopped having Disney. But complicated by the fact that Tangled definitely had one. Yeah, but yeah, it did. also but that was ten years ago. Well, yeah, but it was in his. Tenure, though. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But tempered by the fact that, as we pointed out at the time, even the, she was like the closest to a classic Disney villain. But also she had roots in a, a, a reality that is a, mm. a, a thing that's not a parody and that really does happen. And she was just an exaggeration of that. Uh, she's fine. Which is... Yeah, and it was good. That was, yeah. a, that was a good one. Yeah. But... Yeah, that the that's the one complication that I can see to the theory that this is a John Lasseter, um, you know, policy edict. Yeah. yeah, and uh, with him out the window, maybe we'll go back to having some Disney, but we obviously haven't done yet. And no, complicated by the 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 timing of it, the fact that films take a while to develop, and now this year. So who knows when we'll yeah. eventually see a change to that. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Well, let's see what happens with the with the next without Raya and the Last Dragon. If, mm. if that has a villain or not. Yeah, um, I'm forward to that one. I'd like it to because you know, I if it was if it was a kind of if it was like a thing that yeah it was company policy 
headed up by the head creatives. It's like, look, sure, that that paid off in a lot of ways. Like they made some yeah. great films over the last few years, and you know it was led by a creative team who had <clears throat> had their own experience of making a lot of really great films. But honestly, it was it's something that it's a it's a thing that's sort of special about Disney movies. Like, and it's a way it, it's. It's a thing that differentiates Disney movies from Pixar movies. Because yeah. you know what? Yeah, look, there are some there are some compelling Disney villains. Uh, like, sorry, there are some compelling villains in Pixar movies, but Pixar villains isn't really a thing, no. is it? Disney villains is a thing. Yeah, and I don't want that thing to go away. And yeah, yeah look, sure, there, there's been there have been some half decent villains in the last in the last. 10 years worth of movies but that you know it doesn't feel it doesn't ever feel like they're really going out of their way to create the next scar mm. you know yeah in that in that sense to create the next iconic villain yeah and i want them to yeah. you know i want them to that's such a big fun part yeah. of like the disney tradition and yeah, to circle back to Hocus Pocus, I do think they would, in the way they played those roles, they are trying to yeah. pay tribute to that. They're trying to embody that. Yeah. yeah, we can disagree over whether they were successful in it, but like, I like that that's an aspect of Disney DNA that makes its way into this film. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, you didn't like, no. by and large, no. The Witches. No. So, why don't you just hate the film? Because I like all of the rest of the film. Um, it's so weird. I, the, I, j the general ongoing story that they have, which is not, it's quite flimsy. It's not like I love the story of the film. But it's just about these three kids that team up for their own reasons. And I think they're all quite good. And, like... They've got a talking cat, and that's you know that it's you know it, there are ways you could do a talking cat, and this isn't my favourite, but it's a talking cat, so that's a point in its favour, and like it's just quite good. With the the exception being that when you get to the end and you're suddenly reminded that you're supposed to have been caring about who the talking cat used to be, <laughs> that that was like oh wait yeah I I'd, I'd forgotten completely about that story and was only interested in the stuff going on in the present, but okay um, yeah. But You're supposed to care, you care retrospectively about the poorly dubbed, strange-looking boy. <laughs> turns out, and I can't even remember now. Like I, when we got to that end scene, so what happens yeah. is you get to the the, the 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 story resolves itself. They beat the witches, and then the cat is becomes a ghost. Um, and they go, wait, that can't happen. He's immortal. And the film goes, and then so he's a ghost, and then he is reunited with that girl who I can't remember, and so I literally can't even remember who that was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that story is. I buy, and I watched it in one sitting, and I could yeah. not remember what that who that girl was that he was interested in at all. It's his sister. Okay, I just who don't. Was who was sacrificed in like the first scene of the film? Was she? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and then when I then when I listened to the podcast about it that I was saying to essentially remind myself what happened to try and remember what happened, they talk about how quite shockingly you see that girl's corpse, you see her lying dead in the opening of the film, which I don't yeah. remember. I must have just gone off and done something. No, I definitely didn't go anywhere. I didn't so much as go and you know pick up a drink without pausing the film. So I just I was so uninterested in that bit. I think 
that uh, must have just passed out. Oh no, I know. It was. It would have been in the bit where I was trying to read the trivia on screen at the same time that I was then like, okay, no, I'm not concentrating enough. I'm turning this off. Yeah, that'll be it. Look, the other thing, the other thing that I will give you in your defence on this is the girl, his sister, like literally the worst actor ever. I don't want to be harsh on this literal infant yeah, child. Yeah, But, but there's, a, there's, a, there's a good child actor. The, the, right there in, in yeah, the same yeah, film yeah. who's put in the exact same situation yeah. later in the movie and reacts to it in some way. <laughs> Which the other child just doesn't. Oh. Like, the whole time that she's sat there about to be sacrificed by some witches, it's like, and I'm like, yeah, like you're not really conveying to me terror yeah. or pleading or, you know, any of the things that like, I might expect a, a human child to convey in this situation or B that would create an emotional link to you. It's like these witches are all there going, ha ha, we're going to eat your soul and blah, 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 blah. Here, drink this and we're going to turn your brother into a cat. And now we're talking, now I'm doing, shooting Emperor Palpatine lightning at your brother, your literal brother who's here to save you. And she's just I like, remember that because he does a good, when she zaps him, he does a good twist and a good twist and fall. I remember thinking, yeah. like, so I, I, so I apparently was paying attention. Maybe they just, because of what you're talking about, maybe there wasn't yeah. enough of a connection between me and the girl and that she was in danger that I thought of her as just like a, a prop for a that prop. scene yes. and not someone I needed to worry about or connect with or something. Yeah, or no, she be does nothing. She gives nothing. She's not, she barely comes across as a person. <laughs> and and Abby wanted me to point out here that it is worth bearing in mind that she's been hypnotised. That's the thing. That's why she's not acting. She's been hypnotised. And that sets up that later, when the witch sings a song, all of the people are then hypnotised. And that was something I didn't know about the film. Like, I do not think I picked up on that was what was going on at all. I thought everyone was just being really stupid. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, you gotta... You have to... Like, especially given this is going to be like a emotional foundation yeah. point of the entire film. No, I ain't. She, <laughs> look, I, I don't want to say she deserved to die, but <laughs> I am saying that. <laughs> if it turns out she's died. Let me Google that. <laughs> then Just I'm, in case. Then I'm cancelling you, and this is the live stream of that cancellation. Uh, Let me see. Tragically died have... during the filming of Hocus Pocus. She doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Nope. Nope, she's alive and Good. on Instagram. Still acting? I don't think so. But she's alive and so I'm absolutely fine okay. to criticize her. Right, right. That doesn't that doesn't make you think you don't think of her as a more like a real person now, so now it's weird that we're dunking on her so much. <laughs> oh, like, look, I'm sure she's... Look, I'm sure she was a nice person then, and I'm sure yeah. she's fine now. In the unless she's not. Yeah, 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 that's another possibility. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Unless she's horrible, I don't know. Yeah. But I'm not commenting on that. I'm commenting sure. on the fact that she just was crap in this film. Okay. And that's why you don't remember her, I don't remember Because she no. doesn't do anything. No, well, so, so that was... So that was a problem. Um, yep. But 
to 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 talk about the actual sort of the body of the film with these other people. I thought all three of them were good. They, uh, I mean, I don't I don't know who the older girl is. Uh, I I vaguely recognise her, and apparently she was in like an episode of House, and I did watch all of that, so maybe I recognise her. In that I don't know, but yeah, the uh, thing that I found entertaining about just an aside on her yeah. is like the. When you know when they when they go to her house, mm. like and it's a weird rich person's house, yes. and they're doing a really really weird looking Halloween party, quite oh. frankly, where they've all got weird little masks and stuff. I was like, "What is this house? And what is this party?" I'm not it sure all... that was a Halloween party. I think that might have been the party the parents were having while all their kids were reliably out. Yes, so do I. Yes, my immediate thought is this is all a bit eyes wide shot, yes. isn't it? Yeah, and. Then I looked up the girl. She was then later in Eyes Wide Shot. Right, yeah. Right, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, all right, okay. Obviously, she had the same idea. Um, <laughs> but... Okay, but yeah. Yep, so that yeah. So I don't I haven't got much to say about her. She was just normal in it. She was just fine. I'm sure. already a fan of Omri from Erie, Indiana. So it was nice to see him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was all right in this. He was quite good. And then... Yeah. And then little Thora was just brilliant in it, in yeah. a way that like, and, and, and that brilliance is because of how young she was. It's yeah. really weird to see an actor so a child yeah. be the best actor in the group, but she yeah, was. I know. <laughs> Honestly, in a way that like I felt like not because he was doing anything wrong. It did on it did end up just inevitably embarrassing eerie indiana kid a little bit yeah (laughs) you You shouldn't if you're the star of eerie indiana and you're there on those merits you don't want to go there and be out acted by an eight-year-old you just don't no but but he kind of was like when i saw her name in the credits my mental timeline on it was totally wrong so i was like oh thora birch okay well presumably then she's going to be like uh you know, like maybe a goth girl or something. You know, like who who's who also attends his school. Maybe it'll be a bit of a love triangle right. kind of thing. Like you know, she'll be you know because in those early scenes he's trying to impress the popular girl and she doesn't seem to be going for it. So I was like, right. So he's yeah. probably going to meet some outsider, sort of more you know Tim Burton heroine kind of girl, and that'll be Thora Birch. And then she turns off. It's like, oh no, wait, this is 1993. Yeah, she's a literal child, tiny little right? baby. Yeah, tiny little infant child. And yeah, she's just really good in it. Really yeah, the, the, I don't understand how any child can be taught to act. Like, I don't yeah. understand how they've had time to be ready. But this one was. <laughs> yeah, you just get them like that sometimes, and. <laughs> Frankly, usually they turn out crazy. So it's good that she didn't. Right, right. I don't like, know anything you know, about her. I don't know. She might be She might be bad. She might be in that cult that the guy just got put away for. I don't know. The, I don't know what became of her, but she's great in his. <laughs> so a, the reason I mention that is that the last time we did a film with a child actor in it, she turned out to be a, a, a recruiter a for a cult. The leader of whom just went to prison for, I think it was 120 years or maybe 220 years. 220 years. It, well, okay, it might be just 120 years then. <laughs> if you um, think that's an unreasonable sentence. Thora Birch is still okay. Hooray! <laughs> She's still acting. She took a bit of a break for a few years, but now is acting again. Great. And 
you know, people just like Thora Birch. She's just generally good in things. Cool. And yeah, uh, yeah, just very good. Like, I too liked the kids, and I was immediately charmed and taken with the strange pseudo-reality that they occupied. Mm. You know, this strange, frankly, Power Rangers-ish yeah, uh, yeah. universe, like, tonal universe that they occupied. Talk about like, pseudo-reality. Here's a pseudo-reality yeah. moment. Uh, Omri, right, what's, his, what's the boy's name in this? The, what, the character? Yeah. Um, well, look, if you don't care, I'll just keep Ma- calling him Max. Max. Okay, so Max. Having a big sulk about how much he hates the new place that he lives in. And yeah. to do his sulk, he had to go past the stairs that lead to the yep. upstairs of his bedroom. <laughs> I couldn't connect with that moment. That's like, get it together, man. You've got an upstairs in your bedroom. Your bedroom yeah. has an upstairs? I want that now. Was that not just the loft? Well, if it was, there's no... It's just stairs in his bedroom. I think what it was yeah. was the little uh, tower, the little bell tower bit. I think you could yeah, just sit yeah, yeah. up there and look upstairs. Yeah. That's, and look outside, I mean. But yeah, whatever. That is a strong... That's a strong argument for for not having a big Marty about your new house, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. For me, like, yes, that. <laughs> but also, just that whole... The whole initial classroom scene, basically, where mm. it's just like, they're being told a witchy ghost story in history class, I, don't, I Yeah, guess. I guess, yeah. And then, you know, he's like, I'm not having any of your Halloween uh, nonsense because I'm from LA and I'm a yeah. tie-dye and yeah. I'm a 90s child and <laughs> I'm going to tell you about all the cool things that I think about Halloween. And then <laughs> the other girl is like, actually, I think you'll find that All Hallows' Eve is the day, is the only day of the year where all the spirits of the dead can walk free upon the earth. And the rest of the class just stands yes! 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 <laughs> <laughs> they a standing ovation for her saying what Halloween is. <laughs> it was really weird. And then he transitioned straight from that into, oh, I, I, I see. I see you know what Halloween is. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to ask you out in the middle of class. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a baller move. I got to say that I've you it know really was. I've never seen confidence like that in my life. <laughs> Like, um, back to, it's got his back to the teacher. Yeah. He stands up between the teacher and her class to ask this girl out in yeah. class. Yeah. That is. After he's that just slammed down yeah. about, about the, me, the true meaning yeah. of Halloween. <laughs> the guy's a master. That was, that's, I think that's what I'm talking yeah. about when I say that he comes across as a cool dude. <laughs> that's amazing. But yeah, like, the moment that scene was finished, I'm like, okay. That's the reality we're in. Then. There, there was an equivalent to that that actually took place in my school, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell you about it to illustrate the difference between reality and fantasy here. In reality, in my school, what happened was that a boy who reckoned he was the coolest dude in the world, and he kind of had the look of a cool dude, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He went into a different classroom than the one he was supposed to be in. And this, we were about like. 16, 17 at this point. It would have been like the, the very borderline last minute of of still having to be at school. You know what I mean? Before A-level. Yeah. Might even have been the first level of A-level and then he dropped, dropped out quickly. He went into the next door classroom to 
to to extract his girlfriend from that classroom. And when the teacher there said no, and he said like, ignore her, babe, come on, let's blow this joint, or whatever it was he said. And the girlfriend also said, no, this is, what are you doing? This is a classroom, go away. He went and he literally kicked the door off the boys' toilets in response to that. That's reality, right? Here's the fantasy. Omri just stands up, turns his back to the teacher and goes like, do you want to go out because of our clashing opinions about Halloween? And and she's like, she later kind of semi-rejects him, but not there in the moment. She just is just like, flipping it. All right, fine. I'll take your number then. I'm I'm not even going to respond to this. This is amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was... That scene was a real statement of intent. Yeah, but then he went home and had a big Marty. <laughs> so did, yeah. swings around about. Yeah, yeah, but it was a Marty that involved uh, angrily playing the drums. <laughs> angrily playing the drums, something really cool to have in your bedroom. Something yeah. cool people do. Um, and to be yeah. fair, it was because he got. It was an interesting. I, I actually quite liked the take on bullying in this film because it actually was sort of. It wasn't just like oh, I'm going to bully you with punches and flushing head down toilets and things like that. Like, they were kind of engaging in a in, in some comedy, like, in a bit that they were they were having fun. And, like, it, he, he was... I thought the capability was there for him to essentially join in on their level and he just whiffed it. And that's why he was... That's why he ended up without his trainers. I, I thought that was quite good. Um, really, it's, God, isn't the blonde one interesting to look at out of the two bullies? Was was that bulk or skull? <laughs> that was skull. Um, the, yeah. Okay. The 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 one with the one who looks exactly like when one of when pain and panic are in human disguise, <laughs> and the blonde one out of them, and he look the one who looks exactly like that, crossed with yeah. like Axel was name out of the band, like. He just had a very yeah. interesting look to him, and, uh, and yeah. I was yeah. cut all the way through. I was trying to work out like. There's no real way of expressing it, but the part of my brain that tries to figure out how special effects are done was trying yeah. to figure out how he looked that like that. I was like, what is this? Is it a puppet? Is it CG? Is it, is it a Robert Zemeckis mocap character? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just a very interesting look on that guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, like, I... Once I got past the initial bulk and scullery of it all, yeah, like bulk and skullduggery, yeah, yeah the bulk and skullduggery, they were. I was, yeah, I, I, I thought I was okay with those bullies. I like them enough, but enough that I didn't want to just see them die alone in a cage, rot forever in a cage. No, I think I thought they both put in a good performance. The the blonde one especially, just because he was he was that level of elevated cartoon that I yeah. that I thought did fit. With the rest of the world, the film was producing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I thought they were good. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> yeah, like just to circle back to that moment. Yeah, the, it's not okay that he left them to die no. in a cage, right? No, the only way it's okay is if you imagine that he goes back for them in a bit, or sends someone to or go send get someone. That the, yeah, that the, all he did, all he did there was teach them a brief lesson about I don't know something. He got his shoes back. Um, yeah, but like, yeah, they, no, they shouldn't have just stayed in the cage, which is the implication. Yeah, the like the moment he left, it was like, yeah, but we're going to call the police, though, right? Yeah, no, like, exactly. Gonna, That's the thing, because yeah. the thing is, yeah. if he lets them out, they're going to steal his trainers back. So he does need to be a certain distance from the cages. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. Would they, would they not then become his friends? Is that how is that how friendship works? That's how friendship how, works. That's how we became yeah. friends. Yeah. Uh, weirdly, we found ourselves. We were both in cages, and we <laughs> figured out a way. So I don't know what you don't know what your worry is because we got. Out. <laughs> And now we're friends. Um, yeah, yeah. And I still have your shoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so that, but the thing is, those bullies are already friends. So that's not going to help them. No, I suppose not. But anyway, yeah, they were fine. They were good. Um, um, as we're talking about sort of extras, as it were, like peripheral characters, there were some great ones in this. There were some great incidental characters. Here's number one. Thirsty Bus Driver. Love that guy. Yes, I liked Thirsty Bus Driver. Brilliant. Like, he... Was he was creepy, but not yeah. in a bad way. <laughs> he was creepy in a way that they all consented to. Yeah, and yeah, so it was just was great. Like yeah. this guy, I didn't even get the impression that he does this to everyone. I think he just liked these three women in particular. They arrive, so they so the three witches arrive at the bus, and they are in. They, it's their first time in the real world, so they don't really recognize everything. He opens the door. I know what a bus is. They they yeah. So he opens the door, and they go, "What is this chariot?" And he. Because it is Halloween, and these are three witch characters. That's one of the one of the cool conceits about the whole film is that everyone in the town goes like, "Oh, you're the three witches," because yeah. they know about those characters from the town's history, and they're like, "Yes, we are," and they think yeah. that they literally mean you are them, but the people yeah. think that they mean they're in costume as them. Yeah. So that was a good little bit that went on throughout the film. So this guy's yeah. like, "Oh, he said, does he say like Hubble Bubble? I'm in trouble or something?" And yeah, something along those lines. Immediately yeah. starts chatting them up and just being like, "Wow, I'm lucky to have these three babes on my bus," and yeah. and and that's it. He's just that's that's his shtick, and they love it. And that's yeah. it. And they just have that. And he... I found that refreshing because another film would have had had it be way creepier than that while trying to do the same joke. And in this one, it just worked. Did he make a comment that he makes a he does he makes a comment that to me, yeah. see, it came across to me as like a surprisingly frank admission of a sexual dysfunction. No, like, no. To me, it it came across as a heartwarming. Uh, admission that he's prepared for commitment. Uh, this is the okay. moment where yeah. this is the moment where they say that he's chatting them up, and the witches say, yeah. "We want children." And he goes, <laughs> "Well, it might take me a couple of goes, but I'm up for it." <laughs> it might take a couple of goes. <laughs> right. That's normal. I see. Okay. I un- okay. I thought he meant like, oh, you, you might have to be patient with yeah, me yeah, yeah, because yeah. you know, like I, you know, I've had problems in the past. You right, know, right. like. So, either by the way, way <laughs> it's a surprisingly, it's an impressively vulnerable moment. It is, isn't it? I just thought that yeah. was, I thought that was a good bit. That's one guy. Number two, the cop liked that. Oh, the fake cop. This is the bit where, well, I mean, yeah. that's a spoiler, but yes, the bit where oh, no, sorry, they, yeah. uh, they meet, they're, they're trying to find help, the kids, and there's a cop yeah. on a bike full-on cop gear and they start trying to explain it and he does the whole bit of like i put my life on the line every day in this city and you come with your fake stupid fairy tales get out of here and they get out of here and then a woman comes out of a nearby bar having i don't know been to the loo or something and she gets on his bike and goes what you been up to and he goes oh there was just some kids uh they were pulling my chain but it was really funny because they believed i was a real cop and they go ha 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 and they drive off that's a good bit that's a good little bit yeah um yeah, there were a lot of those. And like, then there was the, the cameo Satan and his wife moment. Yeah, did you know who they were? 
No, I had to look them up. One of them, well, I was correct in thinking one of them was one of Laverne and Shirley without being yep. able to discern the difference yeah. between those two people. And then, uh, it, the, basically, they both seem to have storied careers behind them. So I oh, don't yeah. know what. So. so I don't know what specifically to come down on for him, except that he was the creator of Happy Days. So that links in with the yeah. Vern and Shirleyness of it. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, they both have very, very extensive. Like, this is Gary and Penny Marshall, anyway. Uh, and yeah, they, yeah, they, they've been, they've acted, they've produced, they've directed. They each of them have directed very very prominent films he directed pretty woman she directed big big yeah among, among other films like and <laughs> for a disney link gary marshall um was the voice of chicken little's god-awful dad <laughs> <laughs> so they if you haven't seen the film recently i don't know who we're talking about they uh, they uh, basically they are just out in the town trying to figure out what halloween is and Satan is there. And they're like, oh, it's our master. And he's another one of the people who goes, oh, it's the three what's name sisters. And they go, yes, master. And he just cheerfully goes, brilliant. In you come. And they, <laughs> and they go in his house and his wife's there. And she's like, what are you doing with these three women? And he's like, well, they seem to fancy me a bit. So I thought I'd bring them in my house. And she's like, oh, that annoys me. And he's like, yeah, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> That's pretty much the bit. <laughs> but you know and then she kind of they call me master so what? I, I had to let them in she has to put up with it and does like she <laughs> does put up with like one of them going in her kitchen one of them sitting down in the chair that she had been sat in <laughs> and watching her tv and eating her crisps yeah and it's only at the point that the young sarah jessica parker one is slow dancing with the guy <laughs> whilst calling him master that she's like you know what actually no. <laughs> actually no yeah and his whole defense of this is like <laughs> i thought they were great yeah yeah <laughs> i don't i really don't understand how they how that came up how like anyone involved came up with oh this bit should happen i know yeah were they and involved? We should, get, we should get Hollywood power couple Gary and Penny Marshall to play those parts. Were they involved in production or anything? Not as far as I'm aware. It was a weird bit, and but I liked it. Yeah. And I certainly liked it more than the other thing, the other Disney thing that Gary Marshall has been yes. involved in. So, uh, uh, yeah, so this... Worst ever father. <laughs> So this is a film that has managed to do two whole scenes where literally the main thing in it is some some version of just horn. And yet I found them charming and appropriate. Uh, yeah. Which is something I think I would be... Not would be. Like, I, I watched this as an adult for the first time. I am critical of that in a lot of other things. So yeah. somewhere the balance... A, a, a balance is being struck. And this is yeah. why I differentiate between all of this and the one section of the film that I think the balance isn't being correctly struck, but which is a, the main the main thing in the film. <laughs> yeah, which is the main event, yeah. Yeah. Like, but you know what I mean? Like, the reason that that horniness is not inappropriate in this film in, the way, in a way that it, for example, is inappropriate in a Goofy movie. <laughs> Do, and does it, I haven't seen that. Does it take place in a Goofy movie? A goofy movie is a very, very, very horny film. 
and you uh, and, but I, you find that inappropriate. Yes, it doesn't. Yes, I find it, right. it. I find it intensely inappropriate. I would. I'd not. I don't. I don't want to commit us to doing an entire episode about how how a goofy movie is too sexy. Why not? But, I've never seen but, a goofy movie. What possible better reason than that I have a Disney show that I have to watch Disney films that I can't be bothered watching in order to yeah, do <laughs> in order to evaluate. A how sexy they are, they are, and B the main whether they reason be you evaluate sexy. Disney. Yeah, the other main reason why you'd evaluate Disney. Yeah, <laughs> whether it's right for them to be as sexy as they are. Yeah, and I argue in the case of a goofy movie, no. My journey <laughs> but, with Disney, <laughs> but in this case, because it, it does feel like it is actually made for a specific audience, mm. who, as we've established, know what sex is. Yeah, yeah, but they know exactly what it is. But not to a degree that it's like an issue yeah. beyond, hey, some we can make allusions to the fact that characters want to have sex. And isn't that fun? <laughs> you know? yeah, and, and actually, while we're talking about it, one, I, I actually did think it was good that the eight-year-old Thora knows what virgin means. Because yeah. you, you do know what it means. Like, eight-year-olds... They do know, like they do know a lot of that yeah. stuff. They might not know, they might not understand the nuances of it and know everything, but I think they would basically, not all eight-year-olds, I don't think I as an eight-year-old would have known, but I think there are eight-year-olds in the world, particularly ones with, with you know, much older brothers, for instance, yeah. who would know what Virgin means. And I think it was cool that they acknowledged that she does without making it a big deal. It just makes yeah. her seem clever. <laughs> I yeah, thought exactly, was yeah. That's it. It doesn't feel weird. It just no. means that, okay, no, all right, we can just work from the assumption that the characters know basic things. Yeah, yeah. I like that. So, yeah, that was, yeah, I liked that aspect. And of it basically, it. what it did was it it saved us from having to have an awkward scene where they make a joke out of how he has to explain what it means, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would, that's by far the Which worst. Which I think yeah. we had that to a smaller degree, in to, to, a, to a passable, not to annoying degree, in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, there was a moment a bit mm. like that, and um, and but that film's aimed at a clearly younger audience. Yes. So yeah, but you know, and and that is demonstrative of the point that I'm making. It's like I don't think we live in a world anymore where mm. you would have Hocus Pocus and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids come out no. from the same studio and have them be aimed at such distinctly different groups. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I just don't, I feel like the the way that films are marketed has flattened out to the degree that that wouldn't be possible anymore. Yeah. Like, you can't market precisely in that way, because either a film is for every single person, or it's for little children, you know, yeah. when it comes up to the, the Disney end of the spectrum. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that precludes the ability to kind of, target things more appropriately like like this film is on paper at least yeah you know like we said we can have the debate about whether it succeeds in all that but you understand this film's intent and it's not an intent that most modern films actually have which is like why i think maybe it's stuck in people's memories see i definitely i definitely don't object to things like um in a children's film like so, the bus driver bit, for example, or uh, yeah. like that is a bit that is the the little kids aren't going to fully get what's going on there, but they're going to get the basics of it, which is yeah. 
oh, this man thinks they're pretty and that's funny because they're evil. Like, yeah, that, yeah. that works on that level. And then the parents and the older people. Oh, he's, he's, they've managed to unwittingly trick him into yeah. using the boss. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. That, so that works on that level. And then the older viewers can be like, huh, this is quite funny. Um, yeah. I, I'm definitely for that sort of thing, even if it represents a, a sort of tonal shift. That's yeah. the sort I like because that's the, that's just, it's just a grown up way of treating children's material, I think. Oh, yeah. And I think there's like, like a reasonable amount a reasonable amount of that in this film like yeah. it's it's not just a small children's film it no. definitely isn't one um but yeah i don't know it's like and i think that's maybe why yeah that that, that that's part of the staying power because like i think a younger child could see this and feel to some degree like they're getting away with a little bit yeah you know what i mean yep. it's like it's not quite it's not quite so it's not transgressive to the. It's tr if you, it, it, I, I think if you watch this as an eight to ten year old, you could watch this and feel like, oh, I, I'm you know I'm watching a film that's a little bit for the older kids, but not to the degree that it's actually going to freak me out or like present me with things that I genuinely don't understand. Yeah, you know. So it's like it's kind of like baby's first horror film, or, or you yeah. know, in, in that regard, because it is touching on horror adjacent concepts yeah. in a way that is and not in a window dressing way that's how i differentiate it from something like beetlejuice or the adams family or whatever where it's like yeah this is a horror themed thing but the genre of this is not horror the genre of this sort of sort of is horror yeah. it's just it's horror with all the crusts calf you know what i mean and you know, it just means that, like, yeah, you know, I, I can see it being a sort of a fun introduction for, like, younger kids to, like, oh, you know, like, I got to watch a film where, like, a zombie rose from the earth and chased them through a crypt. Yeah. But, like, the least scary version of that possible. But still hitting those notes. Mm. It wasn't a com... It wasn't a comedy like send up of a zombie chasing them through a crypt no a zombie did chase them through a crypt it's just it did it in a way that like a kid can be like oh that was exciting wasn't it it's like it's like riding the little caterpillar through the apple roller coaster yeah um at a theme park yeah. and cu coming off it and be like oh yeah i rode a roller coaster <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and technically you did yeah you know technically it has a little drop on it yeah. you know when you go through the apple or whatever there's a bit of a if you're if you're eight, there's a bit of a lurch there, isn't there? Yeah. And you know, it just gives you that this this it's the gateway drug, isn't and it? And actually, there's a there's a parallel there because it is fun if you are like fourteen and with your friends at a theme park to yeah. ironically go on that one and yeah. and then admit to each other that actually you're having genuine fun on it. That and, yeah, and yeah, hocus yeah. pocus is that sort of film. <laughs> yeah, it, it it genuinely is. Like obviously, yeah. To a normal adult who isn't, who doesn't have like our, you know, problems slash, <laughs> uh, you know, ability to reconnect with our inner children, let's call yeah. it. Um, there's nothing for them in this. But if you're up to the age of, that, that's why I'm saying like 
up to the age of 14, 15, 16 or whatever. And you did see this either at the time or through all of these endless repeats on the Disney Channel or whatever. I get it. Yeah. I get why you'd be like, huh, that's that's a bit of fun, isn't it? Yeah. Especially since, like, you know, it's it is starring a whole bunch of people who just I think would carry a lot of goodwill around them and like, you know, the I think they like I feel like it brings in a number of different audiences through the very you know, the the breadth of type of person who's in it. Uh-huh. So it's like Bette Midler has an audience, yeah. for sure. Kathy Jimmy has her own like audience in like the kind of the comedy world, like, you know, I mean she's in sister act back sister in the day, act, obviously. Yeah. But you know, then she was the voice of Peggy Hill in King of the Hill. So like she's oh, yeah. you know, she's 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 still known. Sarah Jessica Parker obviously has a big, big following of people who would know modern Sarah Jessica Parker and then be really entertained yeah. to see this version of her. Was she already They're... a known person when this came out? As an, I don't think it was like her introductory no. role or anything like that. Right, but right. like, she wasn't what she is today. Well, the reason I say is that, yeah, Bette Midler has an extremely established name at that time. I don't know yeah, her name, but yeah. the other one you just said, the Sister Act one, she had just been in Sister Act, so like she was yeah. recognisable. And I think Sister Act 2 was that year. Um, Could be, yeah. And so I'm just wondering if Sarah Jessica Parker was also cast as like, and also this person you know from probably a TV series or something, isn't it? Um, uh, I, 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 think, I think this was still an early one hmm. for her. Yeah. Um, she'd done stuff. Like, yeah. she'd definitely done stuff that she would have been known for to some degree, but, like, she wasn't, she wasn't, I don't think, a headline name in no. the way she would be, like, ten years later or whatever. Right. And, uh, you know, and again, I know who Omri Katz is from Erie, Indiana, but that doesn't make him a famous star that they picked to be the star of this film. Um, was he already the star of Erie, Indiana at that time? Yes, that Erie, Erie was a few years before this. Yeah. I mean, do you know who was originally offered the lead role of Max? I don't. Should have probably brought a different level level of star caliber to it. Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> but yeah, he did What's Eating Gilbert Grape instead, which is pro- probably a better choice for his, uh, <laughs> for his uh, legitimate acting career. Um, but that would have been interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, but as a result, like, it's just he's an interesting casting that people are like, oh, it's the kid from Erie, Indiana. Mm. And then, yeah, then you've got Thora Birch. And then you've got, like... Do you know, actually, I suppose I ought to acknowledge that maybe that is part of why I never connected with this. Because this can be read as a babyish crap episode of Erie, Indiana. Like, yeah, it's a very yeah. similar setup. This boy is new in town, and he's trying to figure out what's wrong with the town. Except... Erie, Indiana was it was if you've never seen it, listeners, stroke viewers, it had quite uh, uh, it got hooks in you. It kind of it did make you feel weird to watch it. Like some of the things that they were coming up against were like genuinely quite sinister. Like there was a whole episode yeah. based around the the fact that your heart can just stop and then right. you'll be dead. Yeah, and, and like that that oh that was weird. And so, and yeah, then yeah. some of the more ghosty, just ooky spooky ones were still quite affecting in some ways. Um, and so this being a lot more sort of slapstick and silly, maybe even now, not as a kid, that's what's making me rate it 
lower than perhaps I ought to because you didn't you didn't need the gateway drug. You you yeah. were already onto the hard stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the hard stuff being eerie Indiana. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I, that, that's quite possible. That's eerie quite Indiana. Possible. Eerie Indiana was a, a kids X Files that came out before the X Files, and that that's basically that. But it was, well, as you say, it was one that was genuinely trying to be, well, eerie, yeah. wasn't it? Like yeah. properly trying to be like. It, it wasn't just wearing the clothes of horror. It's actually trying to creep you out. Yeah, but also who it's trying to creep out is kids. So it's on a, I suppose, what you know, like a sort of round the twist level rather than a yeah. genuinely scary thing level. Yeah. I don't the twist is pretty... Yeah. ...is unsettling. Well, yeah, like, no, it is. That, 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 yeah, yeah. That's, that's why I bring it up. Like, there's like, actual horror that, like, scares you. Like, it, like oh, that's scary. But then there's yeah. like Eerie Indiana and and Round the Twist are sort of like f- for children, but for them it'll have that lasting effect where you know you might not be scared, you might not hide from it, and you might not sit there thinking, "Oh, I don't want to watch this," but you're never going to forget some of the weird stuff they came up with. Where do you put it? Okay, like l- let's create a um, you know a chart here. Like so, let's gradiate these. Right. So, so Eerie, right, at the, right at the bottom of the chart is Play School. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Or play for out. the later generation. I'm talking about like goosebumps. Uh, are you yeah. afraid of the dark? Okay, so I was going to say goosebumps when I decided to say round the twist. And the reason I didn't is because I've never seen goosebumps or are you afraid of the dark? These Oh these, really? Yeah, okay. these were slightly after my time. I wasn't watching yeah. that stuff. So um but I bet they're similar. But I just yeah. don't know. But but cycling back, point horror books. Mm. The one that some of the some of the creepiest ones of those, which were uh, when I when I was at school, these were a, 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 a kind of a trend for a brief time. They were these horror books, but for sort of like teenagers, so sort of between twelve and fifteen, that sort of age. Yeah. But the but the the really creepy ones uh, that I had were written by R. L. Stein, who when he'd finished yeah. those wrote Goosebumps. So yeah. there's a, a similarity, I assume, there. Yes, I would. I would guess so. Like, I oh, always but... say with goose. I always said with Goosebumps books that Goosebumps books were brilliant. Yeah. Un- like they're really great when you're a child. Yeah. Until you reach the age of about twelve or thirteen, and you realize, oh wait, I could literally write better than this. Right. All oh, right. Then, and then the spell is broken. But until then, yeah, that doesn't yeah, surprise me. Yeah. That it that is that's my memory of the point horror books because they were. Yeah. Now, with, through this podcast I've been listening to, I found out there were other better writers who were also doing them, but the ones I read, which were the R.L. Stein ones, were like, yeah. they were like sort of cheesy teen romance drama stuff, basically. Yes, yeah. And they were, they were, no, they weren't brilliantly written, but when you are that age, you're compelled because they feel grown up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there you go. I, I, I think you'd probably put like Goosebumps and Point Horror at, probably a lowish level i always remember are you afraid of the dark as being a bit spookier than that but i ought but less like i always thought of eerie indiana as like when was that on tv well it was i would have said off my own bat about 1992 ish no what i mean is what time oh what time oh sorry um do you know? I can't remember. I can't tell you that. 
Because I thought Sunday morning. I want to say Sunday morning, but I'm not sure. Really? Well, I guess maybe. I, I, had this, I had this sense memory of it being on in that like post six o'clock. Oh, like you know, um, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Star oh. Trek sort of time. Actually, area. that do you know what that does ring true as well? So maybe it was the only reason. The only reason I'm not going to commit to saying it was was that I can remember what I watched with my family, and that was just a kids' TV thing that I watched by myself. And if it was on at the Fresh Prince time, that was tea time. So the whole family was there. and, and Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, but it, that what doesn't, am I thinking of? Yeah. Well, that, but that doesn't mean it wasn't. I might just not be remembering that, you know? Yeah, I don't know either. The, the, reason, I I, the reason I decided it might be Sunday morning is that I, it might have been Channel 4. And that was when their kids' stuff was on because they didn't have okay. the after-school slot. But if it was just ITV or BBC, then then it was probably... I thought, I thought it was on Channel 4 as well, but I don't... Right. I don't remember exactly. Like, I don't know it why. It feels I have... Channel Four, doesn't it? It fits yeah, it their, their it fits their thing. Um, I don't know. We maybe we'll maybe we should have look, looked this up. Well, no, we couldn't have possibly predicted. Well, we talk. Oh yeah, we could have. Yeah, we could have. Various things says Wikipedia says Erie Indiana was on Channel Four March oh. to July 1993. Okay, but, so. but we don't have a time slot for it because my point is, if it was in that Fresh Prince of Bel Air, mm. Star Trek. Farscape mm. kind of time area that automatically elevates it to a more adult level of horror yeah. than Are You Afraid of the Dark, which was on Saturday mornings or whatever. Well, at the very least, it means that whether whether or not that's actually true, it obviously sits in that part of your brain that accepts it as yeah. being in that category. Yeah. So I would class that as a more adult type of horror than any of those other things yeah. i feel like i feel like we're currently infringing on the reputational space of your other podcast a little bit with this with this with this tone of chat we i i feel like we're going to start talking about woolworths any second listen the, uh, the, all my podcasts are going to be like that like that's just there's no way getting around it yeah i don't know i just i don't know, I, just, I just don't want chris to get angry <laughs> i do <laughs> I want to. I want to do my. This whole my whole life is about secretly pitting you two against each other. <laughs> so the one day we'll have a showdown. We'll have one yeah, big okay. podcast to where it's just you two yelling at each other. <laughs> oh, so you're like there. There's no. You have no skin in the game. Then. No, I, I'm just waiting to see which is the winner, <laughs> and then and then I can consolidate all my podcast work. I see. Right. Okay. Interesting. I guess I better prepare for that then. Yeah. So here's what a, else? I, I've got three things that I wanted to mention about the film that don't fit any category and yeah. they're barely worth mentioning, but I'm just going to. Um, yeah, I because you as well. Doug Jones, yeah. the famous bendy man, Doug Jones, wibbling and wobbling yes. everywhere. He yeah. uh, is a sort of zombie. Well, he's a zombie in this. He's a zombie. He's yeah. a zombie. I described him to you. Uh, as a scarecrow, scarecrow, and that was incorrect. He's a zombie. Yes. You can see why I made the mistake. He looks like one. I do. He's yeah, stitched yeah, yeah. up, and he's got hair out everywhere, and he's 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 dingle dangle. He's a dingle dangle zombie with a flippy floppy head. Um, and he. Uh, what it says on his business card. <laughs> it probably is. <laughs> That's how he's got all this work over the yeah. years. I I know someone who knows him vaguely, or or just knows him. I think just knows him. So I'll I'll ask them. Right, okay, yeah. I'll ask them what it says on his card and if it's if, if it is that. Anyway, yeah, yeah. 
he, at one point, uh, undoes the stitches on his mouth, he cuts them open, and out comes some stuff. The sort of stuff that's been in a zombie's mouth for a while, uh, including yeah. some moths. And uh, the, I'm just ripping this off from the other podcast, which is why I've credited them in full, because I knew I was going to say something that they said and that I'm copying. So this is the yeah. Eerie Indiana podcast called Return to Eerie Indiana. They said this. Uh, those were real moths that he actually had in his mouth. For the whole of shooting? Yes. No. <laughs> quite quite the opposite, in fact. According to them, he had a sort of mouth guard thing in that meant the moths couldn't go, you know, down his throat. Um, yeah. And for as short a time as possible, he had mouth... Like, they, they run the cameras and he immediately cut his mouth open and, you know, quote-unquote, coughed them out. Because if they hadn't, it, the, the moths would have died because they would have suffocated yeah. inside his mouth. So, yeah. um, I don't know why they didn't just have his mouth be slightly open and the stitches be why they couldn't get out, but I, I guess they probably tried that and it wouldn't have worked. So, yeah. I, I don't think it was worth doing because I didn't notice there were any moths. No, I just thought they were bits of paper. Bits of or paper, yeah, that's what I thought it was. So, maybe that trivia is not correct, but there it is anyway. That, that, that's what he claimed in an interview somewhere quite recently they did. Um, they must have just tried all these ex different technical experiments where they're trying to... Stuff moths into Tom Jones's mouth. I don't know why they didn't. Different ways. Why they didn't just go with like uh, dust and some animated moths? Yeah, because they could have done yeah. that. We already have an animated, weirdly animated cat face. That that's odd. <laughs> that point that I wanted to raise: the talking cat animated CG. Yeah, for the time. Yeah, not that bad. No, it's great. It's amazing for the time. For yeah. now, it's really weird and a bit yeah. off-putting. But for the time, I I'm like. How did they do that? Yeah, for the time I was like, "This is all right. This yeah. looks. Like, this still looks fun, fun, functional to me." Uh, yeah. And when you think, when you think back to yeah. some of '90s CGI, yeah. the thing that immediately came to my mind is compare this to that monkey thing from Lost in Space. Ah, uh, yeah. Do you remember that monkey thing from Lost in Space? Only to the extent that I disapproved. <laughs> Like, if you revisit it in any capacity, it's so much worse than you remember right. it. Right, right. Um, so I'll be vehemently just, against it, not just disapproving. You will. You rarely will. The way the cat... Uh, go on. Sorry? Well, I was uh, going to talk about the cat. I was just, yeah, I was just talking about the cat as well. Like, yeah, he just looks all right. So he here's what I think right. they've done. It's First off, it's a real cat, right? Agreed? For sure, yeah. It's a real cat. Okay. And they've done yeah. something to its face to make it be able to talk. And what I think they've done is they've got a fairly traditionally animated pair of eyes. Because they're animating the eyes. Um, mm. And even though the real cat would have had eyes, this one's got animated eyes doing cartoon stuff. Um, yeah. And I think that may even be like hand animated. Uh, it might be CG, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, the mouth must be CG. Because... Yeah. I know. I suppose it could be hand animated as well, but at least what they're doing is they are definitely CGing bits of the cat's face in the footage of the real cat to be like stretching and to to accommodate the opening and closing of a mouth and the stuff yeah. going on with the cheeks, and then the mouth is moving like that. But it has this weird effect. The animation is so smooth that it almost looks like one of those things where there's been a trend recently of like here's what clips from Mulan the 1998 one would look like in 60 fps and it's all ai oh, generated oh. it looks yeah. horrible but yeah but it's making people go oh this looks great because of course they see the smoothness and they just don't care about the fact that it would not be very good <laughs> yeah. but um 
and that's because the 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 effect has this effect on you like smooth equals good but uncanny and that's what you have here it's smooth and you're like wow well done but it's uncanny it's weird it doesn't quite match the reality of the rest of the film but it is yeah. good and for the time it's quite an achievement i think so so i, I actually so i looked up who did it and uh, while I can't remember the name of the company, it's the company that did Babe. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, and uh, did a lot of... Uh, and this surprised me, because I thought we all knew who did this. A lot of the effects in Fellowship of the Ring. Specifically, the... Um, uh, well, I, I, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that was Weta, wasn't it? Um, but they did the stuff that Weta... It wasn't really their forte. They did, apparently... The the forced perspective shots, stuff like that. So they would have just been like a special effects company that were being consulted yeah. to set up stuff that wasn't puppets and CG. Um, yeah. Uh, so apparently they did some work on Fellowship. There you go. Yeah. Is it Rhythm and Hughes? It is. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they're generally good. Very good. Right. And yeah, they did a very good job on that. They one. did. Like, to a degree that I was not expecting. No. Like, no, I was expecting the puppet out of Sabrina. Frankly. Which I would have welcomed. Yeah, that would have been fine. Like, I kind of unambiguously love this puppet from Supreme. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is, I think, one of my favourite puppets because he just looks a bit shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I, in a way that, like, I really like. No, I agree. I the, really, yeah. I, I, I've always loved that combination of that slightly bad puppet yeah. and that, that voice. Yeah, that specific voice coming out of it. Yeah, the like, ba the balance works perfectly. Um, yeah, here's a couple of bits I didn't like and thought were stupid. Right, <laughs> number yeah. one, um, there's the bit where you have what is ostensibly a fake out ending, where they reckon they've killed the witches, but they're wrong, and you know they're wrong. Oh, right, you can yeah, tell yeah. they're wrong. But the way that yes. you can tell they're wrong is that everything about it has been really stupid. So the film is just clipping along at a normal pace, right? And then yeah. the witches just walk into an oven or something, an incinerator. <laughs> they just go in. The kids close the door and burn them to cinders. Yep. And then the kids go out and just celebrate and party in the streets. And that's it. It's treated as if they've won. Now, you know they haven't. Yeah. But yeah. even still, that's a weird bit. And the yeah. the resolution to it is that they just are fine. <laughs> <laughs> the, the three witches have been burned to dust and you've seen the dust. The dust has yep. gone up the chimney and turned into a cloud of green sort of swirly dust. And then yep. a few scenes later, it just goes and they go, right, all right, back on with it, ladies. All right. And they just carry on. <laughs> That's ridiculous. What a stupid yeah, it, bit. It was a bit undercooked, wasn't it? That bit. <laughs> yeah. And they weren't. They were they weren't at all, despite what the film then would have us believe. Yeah. Okay. So next thing that I thought was a bit stupid, um, yeah. th at the end, right at the end, they do kill the witches, and the way that they do it is by tricking them to being out in the open when the sun comes up. And uh, yeah, what happens to two of the witches is that they just explode. <laughs> yes. What happens to the main witch is that first she turns to stone. And yeah. and it's the worst turning to stone I think I've ever seen. It's really not good, is it? No. So what happens is Bette Midler is there being Bette Midler. Bette Midler. Then it cuts to the sun. Then it cuts back to Bette Midler. Obviously different in some way, but we're not supposed to think she is yet. She is obviously harnessed up 
so that she's not going to move out of bounds of the special effect or something. There's something really weird about it. She's like, she's gone from like, I'm Bette Midler to like, hello, I am Bette Midler. <laughs> like, she, she's being very still. Her face looks different. Her hair looks different. Something's different. And then she goes like, ah, and she goes like, Ooh, and she does a 1993 computer morph. Yeah. Not a yeah, good yeah. one, like in black or white brackets 1991. Yeah. <laughs> but a bad one, like you could do on an Amiga. Like a, <laughs> like a normal morph. She just goes, yeah. ooh, into a stone statue they've made of her, which in no way resembles the shot that they morphed her out of. At no. all. It's, it's it, not in the same pose. No. It doesn't look very much like no. her. It's not on at the same angle, which is why it's so weird that she struck a particular pose and angle for the effect. Yeah. It's like, it has that effect. That when I'm talking about how she looks different, it has that effect that Odo has just before he's about to turn into a liquid. Like, you yeah. can tell he's standing in a certain rig so yeah. that it's going to be fine for the special effects yeah. people to use, you know? Yeah. It's like that. Um, like, or the transporters on... 60s star trek yeah i'm talking like, they'll I'm be talking, walking and then they'll be like yeah then yeah yeah, yeah i'm talking season one odor where it's yeah. obviously a completely different shot okay so that and then it explodes the statue then explodes like the other three witches did so what was the point of all of that anyway i think it's two different things that are happening okay because they explode because of the sun yeah. But I think she turns to stone because she's touched the hallowed ground. Oh, uh, oh, yes, right, okay. Do, would, what, yeah. ha, is it? Is the ground hallowed generally, or is that because they put salt down or something? It's hallowed generally. It's right. That graveyard is hallowed ground. Right. That's why the witches couldn't touch the floor. And right. then she eventually falls off. She is knocked off her broomstick and is on that ground. Got it. And at first I was like, nothing appears to be happening to her as a result of being on this hallowed ground that they've been talking about all filled. But then she then turns to stone. Right. Okay. Ha after her feet were sizzling initially. Yes, for a while. For a while. And yeah, that's that. And then the explode, the, her exploding is because the same the thing from being in the sun. Got it. Um, and it that... doesn't make the effect any better. <laughs> no. So that leads me then to my, my last little just a thing I'm going to say, which is that here's a bit I didn't like, but which like yeah. I, is, I, I thought I was going to. So there's the bit where... They are going to try and fight the witches or whatever, and they're in the house. And yeah. Omri, uh, Max, goes... Yeah. They've got his sister, right? And they're about to... Sure. Whatever they're going to do. Kill her or suck her brain out. Whatever it is they're going to do. So soul or yeah. whatever it is. And he goes, wait. And he stands there doing a long speech. And I feel like he could have said it quicker. But anyway, it turns out that actually he's filling for time. Because he goes, there's one thing I know that you don't know. And they go, oh, yes? What's that? And he goes, <laughs> daylight savings time. And I'm like, oh, cool. Wait a minute. They won't know about that. That was invented yeah. at a particular time. The sun's going to come up at a time they don't expect. And sure enough, outside, lights go on. And they go, ah, it's the sun. And then, no, it turns out to be a trick. Actually, they turned on car headlights. So, yes. so then it's a stupid waste of a good line. What was that thing about daylight savings time then? They, yeah. don't, they still don't know what that means. They never no. found out what he meant by that. And it wasn't, no. it wasn't it. That wasn't what it was. No. That's undercut. Yeah, I, yeah it was... Yeah, like you say, it, it just seemed like they'd come up with a genuinely clever setup. Yeah. 
and then not used it. And then that wasn't in what they did. Of something that was stupid. Yeah, that would have been a really cool way for them to actually defeat them. And like, I get that they still had time before that. You know, they needed the film to be longer and for them to be in a different place. But I feel like it could have used that trick in in the other place at the end of the film. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, I don't. No, I agree with that. I yeah. agree with that. Like that. I'd, I'd forgotten about it by the time I got to the end, but yeah. no, that was stupid. Yeah, the only way I can imagine that that why that's there is because in some earlier version it was going to be that that's what he says when the sun comes up, but then they're just like, well, we need to keep it in, but let's just make it a trick or something. I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, but there you go. Apart uh, from that, I thought it was an alright film. <laughs> yep, those are my notes. <laughs> Apart from those things and the fact that you hated the central performances the main that were the entire point, point, the entire yeah. point of the entire film. Yeah. That was an alright film. Yeah. That's a, that is a, genuinely, that's an accurate assessment of it. Yeah, yeah. Of my, of my reaction to the film, yeah. So, what do you think, then, yeah. about the prospect of Hocus Pocus 2? <laughs> yeah. Now, and it is 2. It's not a reboot. It appears to be a sequel that they're talking about um i'm i think i'm broadly in favor of that as an idea um because why on earth not um I, yeah there's no i can't really make any predictions about it because as we've already established they do not make that kind of film anymore so no i know so it's likely that they will continue not to make that kind of film with the sequel and that it'll either therefore be a modern type film that i'm comfortable with or a modern type film that's really bad. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it depends. Like, because I'm just looking on Wikipedia. In 2018, hmm. a book titled Hocus Pocus and the All New Sequel was released, right. which contained a novelization of the film and a sequel story. And I'm not. This. There doesn't seem to be any indication what? that. that it doesn't, there doesn't seem to be any indication that this sequel story they put in this book two years ago is the story they're going to then use in the actual film that they're now making. But well, that's weird. In, in that sequel, the sequel focuses on Max and Allison's daughter, who grew up hearing the family story of the first film, and parents who avoid Halloween as much as possible. She is skeptical of the tale and ends up at the Sanderson house on Halloween, 25 years to the day after the events of the first movie, in an attempt to prove there's nothing to the story. If they do that, that would be very boring. Mm. That's right out of the kind of, like, kind of rote legacy sequel playbook that I think I'm a little bit over at yeah. this stage. The... I'm sure we already said some aspect of this when we were talking about the concept of this new Honey, I Shrunk Honey, I Shrunk think that's exactly what I was just thinking of. Yeah, that's what that looks like, like it's going to be. Yeah, I, I'm not... I'm no longer an easy mark for this idea of like, oh, 20 years later, the original characters are still around and they are kind of like not doing that anymore and they've sort of moved into the adult role and now there's a new child and they're basically going to fulfill the exact same role and we're going to do the basic same plot yeah and it is it, yeah it's a, a, a soft reboot but that, yeah that lets old people think it isn't <laughs> yes exactly and they got away with that in 2015 with the force awakens when that was a novel concept mm. and in the years since enough people have tried to do that to varying degrees of success that it sort of feels like eh, no i don't that's no longer something i necessarily welcome anymore unless you have something 
you know, a genuinely interesting new spin on it yeah. to, to, to pick the story up. Like, what would be you know? interesting, it would, I'm sure, be stupid, but it'd be at least interesting, is if instead of... Because that problem, the reason that problem arises is that you're like, okay, how do we get kids today into that concept? Well, we just yeah. do it again. We just It worked last time, so we just give them the same concept. But the thing is, we don't really think they'll fully engage with an old film. So we'll just make a new film with all the trappings of a current modern film and we'll throw the old actors in as many of them we can get and they can re they can be their old characters but it's actually about these kids going through the same thing another approach that you could take is is that you aim it squarely at the audience who watched the first film and are now old and you yeah. go okay no what if this time the same characters are still like either your age or older than you or whatever that it's the same people and yeah. the witches are back, but this time it's actually really scary. And it's like a film for grown-ups now, with the same cast, but yeah. this time it's actually scary. Stroke, funny, but for your age group. Yeah. That's another option. I don't think that's what they'll do, but I th- I actually would really enjoy watching that. <laughs> I, the, I, I think I would enjoy that, and the reason I think I would enjoy that is because I've just watched, or I've just almost finished watching uh, Cobra Kai, the Karate Kid uh, ah, sequel series, yeah. which does a very good job of doing kind of what you're describing, right? Of picking up with the original characters and redoing, you know, like continuing the story and redoing aspects of the same themes, but taking into account the fact that the characters are older and the audience is older, yeah. While still including like younger generation characters, so that you can reframe it in that different way yeah but <clears throat> leaning into the idea of like the characters are older so we need to age the themes up yeah like and cobra kai is one of the best examples to date of how to do that right and now that i've seen it do that i'm i'm now more interested in the idea of that than i am in hey it's the old cast and now they're the mentors and Here's a kid who's basically who they were 20 years ago, and they're going to do yeah. the same story again. Like, that's... Eh, come on, that's played because out. Because either like, way, if you're doing Hocus Pocus 2, you haven't got a Hocus Pocus 2 unless you've got all three of the original witches back and in the exact yeah. level of prominence they were in the first film. You can't, have, yeah. you can't have different witches. You can't have their daughters or whatever. Like, it's got to be them. No. They've they seem to have all confirmed that they're interested in mm. returning. I'll be interested because I look, I'm not. I, I we both missed the boat on Hocus yeah, Pocus. We did, yeah. I can't honestly say that I'm on the boat now. No, I'm I'm not on it. No, I'm I, not on no. the boat. But I respect the boat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a perfectly nice old boat. Yeah. Um, I'm not firing any cannons at it. Not trying to capsize it. No, uh, it's nice. Uh, I'm happy it's there. All the people on it seem to be having a much happier time than me, <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that I, I think, the thing that I saw on of my grumpy on boat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here on the grumpy boat that's got like yeah. it's all like you know black sails and they're all yeah. torn and ragged and yeah, just like loads of pollution coming out of the big, <laughs> the big chimneys. The big chimneys, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's no. oil pumping out of the sideways chimney. It's the boat from the opening of the Smoggies. That's what I. I was lit. I think. I think yeah. in retrospect, <laughs> I was describing the boat from the Smoggies. Yeah. 
It's um, presumably in the rest of the Smoggies, but I can only remember the intro. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I know, yeah, because, you know, God knows I'm not watching the Smoggies. No. <laughs> You're not supposed to watch but... the Smoggies. You're supposed to stop the Smoggies. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. It was called Stop the Smoggies, wasn't it? Was it called yeah. that? Oh, it's one of these things where it was called Stop the Smoggies or Smoggies, depending on what region you're in. I don't know which is okay. which. Doesn't matter. Yeah, no. I've no, I've no, I've no patience or interest with the Smoggies. Doesn't matter. Can't, can't be doing with them. Um, and I'm not them. I am not them in this analogy. No, they're irrelevant. Boat-based analogy. No, we've just got another sad polluty boat. Yes, exactly. That. Yeah. Yeah. Smoggies are somewhere else. Even the but, boat yeah. isn't relevant. Uh, the boat, even the boat, <laughs> is just something I brought up in the background while you were making your real point. So go back to yeah. that. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Oh yeah, no, I do. There is one. There's a level, I suppose, on which I am actually kind of happy that it succeeded. Which is that, yeah. like, you watch you watch the film, and it's very honest. I think. Yeah. Like, it's very. I don't feel. Uh, someone said it a while ago in the chat, but it's a very uncynical movie. Yeah. I think, like, it's very earnest. It and it and what it earnestly is is we want to make a good old Halloween fun time movie. Yeah. You know, we want to make a nice film that kids and parents can watch at Halloween, and they must have thought when it came out initially. Oh, we failed. Mm. You know, we we failed to do that. Like, yeah. people don't care. Like, you know, we, like this isn't going to be a film that people gather around to watch at Halloween. And in the years since, it's like, no, it is. It is. Like, yeah. it became it became the Halloween classic that they obviously intended it to be. And, uh, and maybe I, I perhaps you can correct me on this, but that is sort of my memory of what happened with Nightmare Before Christmas as well. I don't remember it being that big of a deal when it came out, but then, like, about five years later, it suddenly got this resurgence of interest among teenagers. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, it was, it was seen as, like, a moderate hit or yeah. whatever at the time Nightmare Before Christmas, but, like, nothing on the level that it's become since, no. obviously. And, yeah, I don't know, it's just, I always sort of, there's always a certain feel-good value to, to, to that, where people, you know, where it looks initially like, Oh, it's just yeah, it's just kind of flopped or whatever. But mm -hmm. then you know, people find it again. I remember thinking something similar around the time that uh, when uh, the Greatest Showman came out, actually, because ah. that was, you know, from all accounts, not that good a film, and certainly not a particularly accurate portrayal of its source material. But it was definitely a passion project for everybody involved. In, you know, most especially Hugh Jackman, who's like, you know, spent years being like, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I want to get this original musical concept that I, you know, that I really worked hard on. Not very original. Really, sorry. As a Barnum fan, I muttered, "Not very original." Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, ba what Barnum I mean, the maybe. musical, not Barnum the man, who was seems <laughs> no. to have been something of a doof. <laughs> <laughs> something of one, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what I mean? It was a big passion project for him and all involved. And when it first came out, it didn't... Like, in the first weekend, it was just... It just looked like, yeah, no, no one really cares. And just the tone of how they were all talking about it was just like, uh, you know, well, like, you know, we're all put a lot into this and, 
hopefully it finds its audience over time. And then it just went and went and went, like, for, like, months after that, and, like, went from a film that everyone had just thought, oh, well, whatever, it's just a flop, to, like, oh, no, this is a smash hit. And then it's just, you know, on some level, you just feel like, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah. You know? It's nice. They, like... They thought it. They thought like they put a lot of work into this quite earnestly, and initially it looked like it just all been for nothing. And then you know, then it rallied round, and now you know, now Hocus Pocus is this this generational classic for some reason. You know, there's another comparison that's uh, actually apt, quite apt, because it links back to a few things we've been talking about. That's what happened with the Beetlejuice musical, because right, okay. it came out sometime. I don't know, maybe a, a year or two ago. And yeah, and it was like, ah, no, nah, nah. The reviews weren't good, and it didn't do well. And and then just randomly, people started making TikToks about it. Oh, and, okay. And it just just roared into success, and it smashed all the records. And it was like, it it just did brilliantly well. And yeah, yeah. And, and there was this unfortunate tangle of events, which is that because it had done so badly originally. The theatre were just like, okay, cool, you've got a couple of months and then we're going to have uh, a new Hugh Jackman version of The Music Man instead. And yeah. by the time like it took off and was like obviously one of the hottest tickets, it was like, oh crap, we've signed all the things already. Like, I'm afraid, <laughs> you're, I'm afraid you're still kicked out, even though you are <laughs> this summer's hottest musical. Damn, yeah. oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and like... And then, and then the whole thing was complicated by the fact that coronavirus shut down all the theaters. Anyway, just oh, right. okay, just yeah. when the, the the like it was supposed to end this June or July, and mm-hmm. that's when we would find out what its fate was going to be, and if another theater yeah. was taking it up or whatever. And we just, we just don't know. Um, yeah. But it was that say it connects with this because it was another success story that everyone thought and had written off and had signed yeah. legal documents acknowledging was a total failure. And yeah. then it just surged. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully that one, hopefully that one ends up having having as happy an, an ending as Hocus Pocus seems to have had. Yes, yeah. Um, having having uh, seen having seen it, it's a good show, yeah. and I enjoy it. And I've uh, yeah. sent off for the album and everything. I don't know. In fact, I don't know where it is. It should have arrived by now. I'll have to look that up after this. Anyway. <laughs> I am basically done on the subject ah, of Hocus Pocus. Yeah, um, uh, me too. I've, I've, that's all my notes covered. I, I think we've, I think we've finished at the under four hour mark. What? Um, only just under the three hour mark. I thought we were doing well. I thought we were, I thought we were more of a two hour episode. But no, it's a uh, two and two hours fifty. Okay. All right. Well, well. that's that's a brisk, that's yeah, a brisk tidy episode by our standards. Yeah. Um. Yeah, okay. I um, think I'm more or less finished then. So, unless you have any clo- uh, additional closing thoughts, I'm re- I'm willing to wrap this up. I don't think I have. I suppose. Oh, I suppose I'll say. Uh, uh, well, this is this is a version of wrapping up. My wrap up point is that if you, as a kid, enjoyed Hocus Pocus, um, and didn't watch Eerie Indiana, then do. It's it's the thing. It should have been the other way around. That it Hocus Pocus should have come out and then Eerie Indiana because it's like yeah. a graduation from the promise yeah. of Hocus Pocus into like what if that actually was a bit creepy, but it's the yeah. same kid. Uh, well, it's the same two kids. Yeah. Go that that's what that yeah. is. Track it down, watch it. It's real good. I we did yeah. rewatch it uh, not long ago and it remains good. 
What Eerie Indiana? Yeah, we watched it. I mean, uh, maybe five years ago or something. But right, okay, yeah. It, the, at least the first season was great. It was really oh, good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I've, that sort of surprises me a little bit. And it's, like... and it's got friend of the pod, uh, that bloke who was Gomez Adams on the telly in it. Uh, oh, John Astin. John Astin. Always yeah. good in everything. He is a regular yeah. on Erie, Indiana. So go and watch it. <laughs> okay, well that that is a solid recommendation. Yeah. And it's got right. those, it's got the, the, like I think the first episode has those twins from Gremlins Two in it as well. Another solid recommendation. I don't know them well enough. They were like they 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 look like Tweedledee and Tweedledum. They're sort of round twins, and they uh, I mean that's my memory of them. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but they <laughs> maybe I'm being grossly unfair. I could be, but they they were like these two scientists in Gremlins Two who were doing some yeah. science. And never mind, it doesn't matter. They're adults. They're not children twins. They're oh, adult twins. okay. Yes. I'll have to look that up afterwards. Yes, that's right. my irrelevant point. <laughs> Let's call time on this escapade. Yes. I hope you've all had a delightfully spooky time. A on spooky this, time. On this, the not particularly most scary day of any year, because it's just November the 1st. Yeah. But I hope, I hope that listening to us talk has created a certain sense of ghostliness and uh, witchy magic in your home somehow. Somehow. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope it created that without having put any effort into <laughs> making it. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I hope. I that. hope. No, I, let's go further. <laughs> I hope that listening to us talk has made you, like, one, richer financially. <laughs> uh, two, I hope your health has increased. And yeah. your whole life is just better on those two fronts. That's what I hope. Yeah. I haven't put yeah. any effort into making it happen, and I don't think it will have. But I hope it did. Yeah. On top of the the, the witchy magic as On well, top of the witchy magic, know? yeah. That's a, like that, that's a given. Yeah, that's, you know, like the, 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 uh, the, the wealth and the health, that's just a bonus, really. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we will um, let you know when we're going to do another episode. Hopefully yeah. it won't be ages and ages. Hopefully it'll um, be more than five minutes before it starts next time. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. And hopefully next time we'll tell you, A, the the correct channel that we're going to be on. I wonder if there's anyone still refreshing your Twitch right now. <laughs> well, look, I did. I didn't think you told them about the Twitch. I thought you gave a nicely ambiguous tweet where you said it was going to happen, but not where. And I thought that was no. deliberate. It was no. I did one like ten minutes before because I thought oh. this is probably the time I should it, I should post the link. And I took a punt on the idea yeah. that it's probably going to be Twitch. Fair, fair. So, Hopefully, next time, we will be able to tell you the correct time and the correct place. And it won't be in a year and a half. No. <laughs> and the, Wait, why do you say that? Yeah. Like, it's only been a few months or weeks or something since we did the last one. True, but then before that... Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I hope a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The future of the podcast is always balancing on a tightrope of hope. <laughs> Until that time, uh, we have been Serious Disney. You can follow us on at Serious Disney on Twitter. Yes. Or you can go to our Patreon. Yeah. Well, how do they do that? They go to patreon.com forward slash Serious Disney. 
and then yes. they and then they look at the you know the letterhead and so on and see if it looks like I got that right just then when I said that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As with the early days of the Sonic of Dave Sonic podcast, there's not really anything there no, yet. There's, there's no real reason to to support us, but it'd be nice. Yes, it'd be nice. It'd be nice if you could do that, just like our number one fan Jeremy uh, yeah. has done. Yeah. Um. And you know, is that uh, fair? It says I've I've gone there, and it says we've got two patrons, so we really ought to be mentioning both, not just Jeremy. Yes. But I don't know who they are. <laughs> the other guy, our other patron is a, is a guy called Gage, who Gage. I don't believe is currently here. Okay. So if you are. Then shout out to you as well. I'm right. just shouting out to Jeremy because he's visibly he's, here. He's here, which means he's automatically yeah. our biggest supporter because he's yes. he's actually here. Yes, it's uh, like how you know if you were do if you if you were if you were doing a school play and you had the starring role and like one of your parents turned up to it, but the other one you still knew was supporting you. It's just yes. that they had more important things to do. <laughs> There's it's it's unambiguous which of them is your current strongest supporter. No. Even if, and well, even if there's a perfectly good reason why the other one couldn't come. Like, it's not, they're not just an absent, like, it's not just that they're just decided not to bother. They are yeah. detained. Nevertheless, in the current circumstance, there's a, there's sure. a winner. <laughs> yes. And Jeremy was the first one. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, if you want to support us in that manner, please feel free to do so. And we, we are intending to work towards a position where, yes. A, we broadcast and release episodes more regularly. Yeah. And B, after that, mm. <laughs> we can then do Patreon stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know what, but something. Oh, we'll think of something. Yeah. Like, oh, we'll think of something. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, until that time, follow us on at Serious Business on Twitter. You can follow me on uh, at Mousetalica on Twitter. Or me on at Demon Tomato Dave. Yes. So, and also, we're going... Also on Twitch. Oh, and also, also, I've got another podcast you might want to listen to called Sonic. Oh, yeah, okay. Sonic the Comic, the podcast, in which me and somebody else, not this guy, uh, not this guy, that's the right way to point, yeah, not that one, and another person, yeah. Chris McFeely, yeah. out of Transformers stuff. Uh, we, we read the British comics of Sonic the Hedgehog from 1993 onwards, and we uh, just sort of live in that space it's the one that Jahan referred to earlier as uh, being a, a, at least a third a Woolworths based podcast because <laughs> it's just about us remembering what it was like to live when it was acceptable when the world was fine as far as we could tell and uh, that's what it's a podcast about when the world was fine and Sonic was fine yeah yeah when things yeah. were fine and of course and, you know <laughs> Uh, there are asterisks to all of those points and there's just stuff that we weren't aware of that, that wasn't yeah. fine or that was uh, looming over the horizon in, in all cases but uh, yeah. we thought it was fine and we talk about that and it's a happy experience so Sonic the Comic the Podcast The only thing that there was an asterisk over is that Sonic the Comic was good, right? Well, I mean, there, there's always an asterisk over the assertion that something was good but not in my in, in my estimation it was just good Yes, and oh, Dave apart and Chris... from apart from all the stuff in it that was rubbish <laughs> or offensive, <laughs> yeah, there was yeah, exactly. There's that. <laughs> there's there's one issue that was just outright racist. Luckily for us, <laughs> it was like a spin-off, so we don't need to let that taint the experience of the whole thing. Yes, but yeah, by all means, go and listen to that. Dave and Chris talk at 
in great detail, <laughs> with great interest, and at great length about all that. And I can assure you that it is very accessible, even if you've never read the comic, because I haven't. No, Jahan is one of our listeners, it. and it, that's weird yes. to me, because he's not in the light, slightest bit interested in any of the topics discussed. Well, maybe, I don't know if you're a Woolworths fan. <laughs> I'm aware. I'm aware enough of all of the things you're talking about that I can follow. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good podcast. Like I hope you thought this one was. Yes. In the meantime, you guys go away. Go away. Do something else with your lives. Go away. Go away, everyone. Bye. I will go stop away. the button. Well, no, I'll press the button. But we'll stop the stream. Now, bye. You can contact us, if you like, seriousdisness at gmail.com or at seriousdisness on Twitter. And if you like the podcast and you want it to continue without just sort of fizzling away as many podcasts do, then the best way to do that is to go over onto Apple Podcasts and give us a good review and five stars, because then the algorithms deliver us to new listeners. And if you're looking for something else to listen to now, uh, go and check out Sonic the Comic, the podcast. That's another thing I do. Okay, thanks. Bye. So that leads me then to my my last little just a thing I'm going to say. Uh, yeah. And it follows shortly. But I'm going to the toilet. So. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, with two options. Do you want to fill or shall I put my go to the toilet song on? <laughs> I can fill. <laughs> okay. See you soon. So. Wait, how long are you going to be? Not long. I'm only, I'm just muting my mic for a moment. Oh. Okay. See you in a sec. I now can't hear Dave. Okay, right, yeah. Does anybody have any questions? Can I answer some questions right now while I fill? Because he said he's going to the toilet, and I've just realized I didn't think to ask how long he was going to be while he could still hear me talking. So, somebody help me fill this empty void in my life. In my soul. Anyone. Please. Because otherwise, I'm just going to... I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. No one's asking anything. I'm all alone. On a podcast. About Hocus Pocus. Sad time, really. But... Hello, Jeremy. <laughs> I, I appreciate your engagement, but you've only said hello. Oh, you've not seen Hocus Pocus. Okay. Yeah, I can see how that would limit your ability to ask me any questions about it. Yeah. Well, I hope this has been interesting anyway to all of you people who haven't seen Hocus Pocus. It's quite good, as it turns out. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we, we have mixed thoughts on it, but it's, yeah, it, 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 it's, worth, it's worth watching of one Halloween or the other. It's sufficiently a little bit spooky. It has Bette Midler in it. She sings a big weird song at one point. Um, it's a nice cat. Nice CGI cat. Um, I can't think of anything else. I'm not filling very successfully, am I? I don't know. Oh, God. All right, yeah, he's back. 
He's back. He's back. Thank God. It's been an existential nightmare. I've hated every minute of this. Hello. Hello, Dave. I've been filling expertly. Um, <laughs> right. Okay, well, I'm back now. I had, I had loads to say. Right. Um, and I didn't good. have a breakdown. Cool, good. Okay, good. That's, so, so that's good news. So don't worry about that. Like, Great. if you... Don't. Just don't worry about it. I don't worry about it. I won't. Don't worry I'm, about I'm it. I'm completely confident that that was fine. Yeah, it was. It was. It was 100 fine. It was 100 fine. That's great. Okay, good. I didn't feel, yeah, it was okay. It was all right. It was okay. Good. It was all right. Okay. okay. So uh, then, this leads me to my <laughs> final point. Uh, 